What's going on, guys? And welcome to episode 199 of the Taste Cast, a weekly podcast where we talk about all things gaming. My name's Seth, and joining me today, of course, is Chevy on my left, your right. Chevy, welcome back. I hope uh, you're doing well. Hopefully, you're excited to talk about so many things. We got so many things to talk about in this episode. I'm almost a little overwhelmed with uh, how to kind of route this episode, but also hopefully you're excited because the next Tasty Cast, which will be episode 200. We're going to be getting the Taste Crew back together to discuss our Game of the Year uh, discussion we have every year, in which we'll be talking about our Game of the Year, all of our personal game games of the year, not you know a collective one, and then two runner-ups, things that uh, weren't quite Game of the Year, but basically could have been. Um, and then we'll be celebrating all the games in, of 2023 and um, you know do some shouts, stuff like that. It'll be a good conversation reflecting on all of 2023. Hopefully you're excited for that. And yeah, how you doing? Good. Um, still riding off uh, the the last thing we recorded. If you get a chance, go check out Tasty Flicks. We just watched. Link down below. JJK. Um, but uh, yeah, other than that, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what people pick for their game of the year. I uh, I pretty much have an idea of mine. I need to just go over a list of the games for the year, make sure that uh, I'm you know thinking correctly of the games that have come out because. It's always hard with the beginning of the year games because I never remember if it was this year or last year. Yeah. Well, I play a lot of games that are not the big high of AAA games too. So if you like even look up a list of like, what are the big games that came out in 2023? A lot of the games I played aren't even on that list. So Mm -hmm. I do have to kind of go through my Steam, kind of check some of the games I played. Like obviously if it's a game that's good enough to be like game of the year, I should remember it. But I played so many games this year so many good games this year and i am just now we'll talk about when we're talking about what we've been playing i'm playing or have played at least uh three of the big games of this year as well like in the last like week so it's it's a big task but i'm also on the same page uh essentially i have a really good idea on like the games that will be in the top three area, but I still haven't fully decided on what my game of the year is, although I I feel pretty confident in it and uh, the runner ups. Although I do have one game for sure, uh, maybe two that I know will be up there somewhere. I don't want to give away too much or too much on my thinking, but uh, there's, there's a couple, a couple games this year. I've been very confident since playing them. That was like, yeah, these, these are definitely like, the best games of this year for me. So yeah, going to be a good conversation. It'd be nice to have, uh, we're going to get Sarah back on, uh, Cody, Josh, uh, if Chris wants to come back on, hit him up, let him know. Uh, it'd be good to hear from him. I don't know if he's been playing a whole lot of 2023 games. Good but, question. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out behind the scenes. You guys don't need to know everything. Um, yeah. Excited. Uh, you ready? You ready to talk about this? Okay, me too. Um, all right, so before we jump into all the typical fare that we do, uh, a couple of things in the news have kind of popped off. I want to get your kind of thoughts on real quick. So uh, E3 is dead officially. Mm. Uh, they came out and said that uh, basically there just is not enough interest in the live event to continue doing them. Uh, this uh, comes after 2019 being the last live event. That was the first and last E3 I ever went to. So it's kind of bittersweet to think about. Uh, sucks, honestly. And then I guess they did a digital event that I don't remember. I don't remember that either. Yeah. I mean, I vaguely remember that, but with all the things like Jeff Keighley does now, I'm sure that's still a lot of their thunder with whatever they did digitally. I think it was in 2021 that they did it. So, but that was a weird couple years. So uh, a lot of things that weren't important 
didn't register for me, I guess. Uh, so yeah, uh, there's some details. There are some quotes. I was going to read them, but I want to kind of go through this news quick. Basically, E3 is finally over. Long time coming. People have been expecting for a long time. People for years while E3 was happening was saying E3 is dying. Um, and uh, all it took was a pandemic to uh, basically change the order of things that Jeff Keighley could finally swoop in and basically uh, take it out. Um, so, yeah. Uh, what do you think about E3 being over finally? I mean, <clears throat> you watch something, you know, suffer and die long enough. It's not surprising when it goes. So, yeah, um, that is kind of the thing is after 2019 and everything happened and they were trying to figure out what the fuck they're even doing. They came out and said they're going to start focusing less on like huge titles they're still gonna have still gonna have that but they want to start focusing on streamers and like mobile gaming and stuff like that and as soon as they said that i'm like as one of the only people on this fucking planet that still kind of defends e3 because a lot of people are just like yeah whatever uh you've lost me if that's the direction you're going so that was like the first red flag i was like e 3s done for sure if that's your direction yeah, I'm not super interested in watching that show. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, obviously, that isn't the case. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the, obviously, the, the the bummer part of it is the, the convention aspect of it for yep. the um, everyday people to go. But obviously, when they're talking about interests, they're talking about the people presenting probably are not interested in doing it with them anymore. Um, kind of got an idea of that anyways, when, you know, Jeff Keighley was talking about why he was making his show and it's because he didn't like the way e3 was handled um i'm sure that's not just his opinion so it's a lot of people's i did who the fuck was it i watched something i think it was on ign i think it was damon hatfield or ever did a thing about um e3 going under and basically uh, he raised one good point that I agree with. And he says it sucks not having a specific thing where everyone goes to show off their stuff, but also kind of compete, which I think is the biggest part that I'll miss from E3 is the competition aspect. Uh, when everybody starts doing their own things, uh, it the demographic that's going to come watch your stuff is going to be pretty much your crowd. Um, whereas E3, everybody was tuned into that. So there's pressure on the big companies and even smaller companies to really bring it to try and outshine the other people. And that does sound kind of competitive, but I liked that because we saw some really uh, like great uh, presentations. I always think back to uh, PS4 and Xbox One reveals and how that was like this whole thing where there's like strategies involved on how to present your console. Um and yeah, without that, I, I, I agree with them. Uh, it kind of sucks mm. because now everything is kind of isolated. And there's definitely pros to that as well. I do like that, you know, a state of play pops up. I know I'm watching some PlayStation stuff. It's going to be awesome. Um, Nintendo, all that stuff. But it, it, it does take away from the public um, competitive aspect that these, regardless of if you like competition or not, these companies are in competition with each other uh, no matter what. And so um, seeing that, and the public light in a huge event where everyone's basically celebrating games. Uh, I'll definitely miss that. The only thing close to that now is what Jeff Keighley's doing. And there's some obvious um, criticisms of what he's doing, which I think, you know, a lot of them I, I don't really agree with. But I do agree when people are saying there's only 30 minutes of three hours that was devoted to the award aspect of the game awards. So 
but Jeff Keeley's really good about um, listening to feedback and changing things because the awards were the award speeches were shorter this year because last year people complained about it. So he's trying. Give him a chance. Anyway, all that said, basically, uh, I'm going to miss the competition V3. Yeah. Um, anything else to say on that? Yeah, long time coming. Rip E3. Uh, as somebody who was hoping to go to another E3, uh, it does suck. But something will take its place. And uh, I think realistically, the only thing you got left now is PAX. Yeah, kind of I, I always thought PAX was kind of like... I, I've never been to PAX. I should probably go. But every time I see what they have there, it's it's like uh, E3 mini. So it didn't seem as exciting. But so I'm sure it's no cool. E3 now, so. Yeah, well, yeah. And to get an e3 experience you have to go to one of jeff Keeley's events and obviously those are private and that's how e3 started and a lot of people kind of like that again so i'm happy for them but i also don't care much about um, game journalism that much so True. so uh, yeah i'm in a weird place there all right so that's that news let's know in the comments what you guys think about e3 dying moving to the next thing that came out today or technically yesterday uh, a24 has signed a deal with hideo kojima to create a death stranding movie live action uh, I think it said it's slated for next year, 2024. And Kojima said, uh, basically praising A24, which as soon as I heard A24 was doing this, I'm like, yeah, that that makes complete sense that they would work with Kojima and, and do a Death Stranding movie. Hopefully they put a, a decent budget behind it. And if they work with Sony, I'm sure they, they it'll work out great. But anyway, uh, he basically praised them, which was no surprise, but also said that this movie is not going to be a direct adaptation of the game itself. Um, it is going to exist within the Death Stranding universe, uh, basically. Um, whether that means it'll be a different interpretation of the game story or a different story uh, at all, mm-hmm. uh, we will see. But he says he's trying to build out a Death Stranding universe. Um, and he wasn't specific in saying a movie universe, but that the game universe and the movie could co- coexist. Um, also saying that he's targeting uh, people who are fans of Death Stranding, but he also wants it to make sense and be something watchable for people who um, have never played the game, which is basically the target for anybody making a video game movie or any movie at all is you have to make sure that people can watch it without knowing anything about the video game. So um, at least he's being transparent about that. No one can be like, you know, who the fuck is this for? He's been clear about that. Uh, what do you think about a Death Stranding movie being produced by A24 and uh, live action? And do you think Norman Reedus, being a real human being, will make his way into the movie? Well, I mean, if it's following him, uh, it'd be weird not to take him. Yeah. I'm sure he would work with them again anyways. For sure. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I have any strong feelings about them making a movie because I have pretty much have written off movies at this point. Um Although we've seen two movies recently in theaters. We saw uh, The Boy and the Heron, mm-hmm. which was okay. And then we saw Godzilla Minus Zero, which I thought was a fucking banger. One of the best movies of 2023. Uh, check it out. Yeah, so and we've, there's, we've there's watched a, a few movies throughout the year, but most of it has been, if not almost all of it, has been imported movies from Japan. Did I say Minus Zero? I, said my, I meant Minus One. But yeah. Oh, whatever. That was, was going to be my point is, the two movies we've watched recently were Japanese and this would not be Japanese produced, but you know, Japanese minded. Still. Yeah. If, if he's even directing, I don't even know Yeah, what the deal there is. Um, I'm not super surprised by it because Kojima basically is a director. He just likes the medium that he's in. Um, mm-hmm. Though it doesn't surprise me like he's kind of reaching out, especially because he knows so many people in the movie industry anyways. So, um, 
don't know. We'll see. As as far as like, uh, you know, do I have any excitement for it? I'll have to wait and see. I am often pretty skeptical when it comes to tie-in stuff, um, even if it's not direct tie-in. But um, lately, it's been pretty good, you know, in that in that uh, front when it comes to adaptations of of game stuff. And I hope that trend continues forward. Uh, but we will see. Yeah, I I'm strongly interested in what this is going to be like. I need to see something from it, but uh, knowing Kojima's uh, involved is interesting to me because, like you've said and many have said, uh, Kojima has been a director for a long time. Um, you could argue a lot of people have been who've directed games, and I wouldn't argue against that. But uh, Kojima is definitely uh, very filmic in the way that he directs things. He's a big fan of cinema, and it just seems like a matter of time before he got involved with cinema because uh, he's been basically making movies for a long time uh, within, you know, games. Uh, I think Death Stranding could be a really interesting movie for sure. It's definitely got a visual style that I think would be uh, something that very much fits A24, but uh, especially with all the really weird shit in, in Death Stranding. Um, but uh, yeah, without seeing any preview of it, uh, any concept art, anything like that, it's hard to really have a strong opinion on it. I hope for the best, and I'll be following this uh, as the news comes out. Um, and yeah, I want to know more about you know who's who's going to be writing it, who's going to be directing it, stuff like that. Uh, how much Kojima will have his hands on it, which I hope uh, a lot. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of exciting because uh, I don't really get excited for video game movies. We have we, we do live in a time now where we've gotten a couple good ones, uh, which is great to say. So um, it's only going to get better from here. But um, as for Kojima being involved with that, it's uh, it's untested. I haven't seen it yet, so it's unproven. So um, we will see. Uh, I, have, I have faith in this, though. I think uh, it'll at the very least be good. So and that's all I want. I don't want to be bad. That's all. That's all I'm hoping for here. Um, but I don't think it will be, especially because Sony has been. I don't know if Sony's involved with this at all, but um, I know Sony's been really adamant about wanting to start creating uh, movies and TV. And uh, so far, I think uh, everything they've released has been well received for the most part. So that's that's a good start. Even the Gran Turismo movie, a lot of people said it was like fine, but not not great. Um, so yeah, really curious about that, but uh, not a whole lot of information yet. Just very interesting, but also very unsurprising in who he's partnering with for this. So definitely, definitely interesting. All right, let's know in the comments. What do you guys think about a A24 produced Death Stranding Kojima live action movie? And do you think Norman Reedus will be in the movie or they'll do their own thing? Uh, last news that came out worth talking about is The Last of Us multiplayer which uh, they call that, but also a lot of people call it factions too, has been officially canceled. Uh, I would go into all the details on this, but basically uh, Naughty Dog has been working on this for a while. It hasn't shown anything on it for a long time, which is a huge red flag for me. Um, they came out and said that to continue working on this at the Naughty Dog standard, they would have to invest a lot of their resources and then... Uh, they would have to decide, they said this, there's two roads. They have to decide to become a live service dev or go back to making single player games because they wouldn't be able to do both. Um, so they decided, and I think in my own opinion, very responsibly decided to not become a live service company and do what they're good at and focus on single player games. Um, this is 
disappointing to me in some ways because they've been developing this for a long time and I'm so curious on what the fuck took so long for them to develop uh, because Naughty Dog obviously has a certain quality you expect from their games and a uh, what they did with Factions in The Last of Us I thought was pretty cool. But to make like a standalone of that uh, and spend this much time working on it, um, I'm really curious on what that could have been, especially when the devs were saying as they're working on it, that it was like really fun. We didn't get to see it like nothing. So it's probably good that we didn't see it. it would suck to see it. It looks fucking awesome. And then it doesn't come out. Right. We haven't we, we saw concept art. That was it. So probably the best way to do this. But um, yeah, for me personally, uh, disappointing, but respectable in a weird way. Um, I am upset that I don't get to play this. I was hoping for the best for it, but um, I also think there is a very um, alluring um, essence to to uh, making a live service, choosing to make a live ser- service game uh, because of the money aspect. You know, you can keep charging things constantly. People are buying things, and uh, to know the Night Dog decided to just not do that. Um, to continue what they already do, uh, definitely respectable because a lot of companies, a lot of people keep bringing up uh, Bungie and um, uh, Destiny when it comes to that kind of thing. So, um, and the decision they made. So, uh, really interesting, but yeah, disappointing. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> um, I mean, I honestly don't really have any major thoughts on it just because I'm I'm not a one for their games anyways like i appreciate them but i never play them so mm-hmm. um you know like you said it's been a while so uh do you I think even forgotten they were working on it to be honest well a lot of people did yeah um do you think that it would have been better for them to continue working on and releasing a live service game or to do what they did and decide to do uh single player games i mean i would just have to assume because i i don't know what would be better for them but um you know, they already do one thing, so might as well stick with it. Yeah, especially with um, uh, Last of Us Part 3 that they're working on. I know Neil Druckmann expressed they want to make a sci-fi game, which I would love if they did that. Um, yeah, I, I think they got too many projects on their plate. And uh, this kind of like, um, okay, what's that game that fucking Epic had for a while? Oh, Paragon. Mm. How they had to make a decision like do we keep supporting paragon like this isn't even really worth our time anymore or do we you know axe it and put all our chips on fucking fortnite well they did that and it paid out for them so obviously um this is a slightly different situation but i get it like work on the things you know you're good at what you're passionate about and in a company sense what's going to sell for sure because yeah maybe this comes out and you get some people playing it for a little bit but then you know it doesn't a lot of Naughty Dog multiplayer games have like a small cult following, but like a lot of people don't latch on to them. So, yeah, I think I I personally think it's the right decision for them to make as disappointing as it is for me. Um, I do hope, though, when they say they're going to focus on single player games, though, that they won't rule out multiplayer completely because they've already dabbled in doing multiplayer modes in their games. Um and uh, that would suck if they stopped making those completely. Even like a co-op mode would be awesome. So, but I don't think that's what they mean when they're saying that they're just going to focus on single player games. So, yeah, kind of sucks. But oh well. Um, anything else you want to say on that? 
All right, let us know in the comments what you guys think about The Last of Us multiplayer being canceled officially by Naughty Dog. Do you think it's the right move? Do you think it's the wrong move? Were you looking forward to uh, Last of Us factions? Uh, what do you think it would have been like? Or uh, do you not care? Do you think they should stick with the single player? Uh, let us know everything you think about in the comments below when it comes to all that stuff. Okay, so um, before we jump into game releases, I thought it would be fun to reflect on our uh predictions for the game awards as you guys know if you follow the channel regularly or you're finding out right now for the first time our last tasty cast we did predictions for all of the uh topics of the game awards the nominees we uh said which ones we thought would win and which ones we wanted to win so I did the task of like two days ago, I went through and listened to that episode, uh, got all of our predictions, and then I went through all the awards to see which ones we got right and which ones we got wrong. And I felt like when we watched the game awards, and if you're curious about our reactions to that, the the VOD is still up, so go check that out. Um, I felt like we got a lot of them right when we we're watching it. So like some of them were like really obvious, but we actually got quite a bit of them right. So um, yeah, I was going to quickly go through these and just kind of... Uh, uh, just for fun, see which ones we nailed, and which ones we didn't. Okay. This is in no particular order because that would have uh, taken a little extra work that I didn't want to put into it. So basically, um, best score in music, Final Fantasy 16 won. Chevy uh, was correct on his prediction for that. Um, but we both wanted that to win. But Chevy nailed the prediction. Uh, best audio design uh, was Hi-Fi Rush. Me and Chevy both nailed the prediction on that. And Chevy wanted Hi-Fi Rush to win. Um, I think I wanted Alan Wake 2. My, a lot of my decisions were around Alan Wake 2, whether I doubted it could win but still wanted, so I didn't say, yes, that will win, or I was very... Uh, uh, I, I assumed that it would win, and it wouldn't. So he was honeymooning still. I was, yeah, 100%. 100%. It definitely affected a lot of my decisions. Uh, next one was Best Performance, uh, which was Neil Newborn uh, from Baldur's Gate 3. Mm. I got that prediction. Um, I think you and Josh were both thinking, uh, I think you guys both picked Ben Starr. Mm. Um, and yeah, neither of you wanted Neil Newborn either. So yeah, I didn't even want him. So, okay. Uh, innovation and accessibility. Chevy got the prediction of Forza Motorsport. Uh, I was convinced it was going to be, I think... I don't know. I, maybe, I think it was Mar Marvel Spider-Man 2, I said. And Josh, I think, said Street Fighter 6. So uh, you got Forza. Congrats. I wanted Forza, though. Just to throw that out there, I think. Um, best community support was uh, Bulls Get 3. I got that prediction. So, yay. Such a weird one for me, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you were Final Fantasy 14 on that wow. one. That didn't surprise me. Yeah. Uh, so for best debut indie game, surprisingly, uh, neither of us wanted or predicted that Cocoon would win. Um, still don't even know what it is. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, th when I was listening, I was like, we don't even know any of these games. So, and we were really like, we, we thought Dredge was going to win everything when it came to indie and it didn't win anything. So, uh, best VR AR game, uh, the game that won was, uh, Resident Evil Village, uh, VR. Uh, we both predicted that and both wanted that. And Chevy actually convinced me to change my mind on that after we talked about it. Go watch the episode if you're curious about that. Uh, best fighting game was Street Fighter Six. We both predicted. We both predicted that, <laughs> and we both wanted that. 
So, yeah, the competition wasn't that great. Uh, best sim strategy game. The winner was Pikmin 4. Me and Chevy didn't want that, but we both predicted that. Uh, best sports racing, uh, motorsport, or Forza Motorsport. Uh, I both predicted that and wanted that to win. Yeah, I think I was hoping for the... Uh, uh What's the other, the, like the Hot Wheels or whatever it was? Yeah, you wanted that, but you thought EA Sports FC24 was going to oh, win. Right, right, right. And so did Josh. And you guys almost convinced me, but I was like, I just hope they won't pick that. That's yeah. what I'm banking on. So, And they didn't. So that's good. Uh, okay, so uh, independent game, best independent game was Sea of Stars. Uh, me and Chevy both wanted that to win. Uh, best eSport game was Valorant. Neither of us wanted that, nor did we predict that. Uh, best St- or best game direction uh, was Remedy Entertainment for Alan Wake 2 and that was something I wanted but neither of us predicted that uh, let's see best family game was Super Mario Bros. Wonder uh, which we both predicted uh, art direction best art direction went to Alan Wake 2 we both predicted that we both wanted that uh, best role playing game went to Baldur's Gate 3 me and Chevy both predicted that Chevy wanted that uh, let's see. <laughs> this is kind of sad. Best action game was Armored Core 6. Neither of us wanted that or predicted that. Uh, Josh did, though. Kudos to him. He thought it was going to win. It did. Uh, games for Impact to Chia. I both predicted that and wanted that. I've never played that game. Uh, action Adventure. Best Action Adventure. Uh, the Legend of Zelda. Cheers of the Kingdom. Duh. Chevy predicted that. <laughs> Nobody wanted it. Uh, let's see. Best esports player. Chevy predicted Faker. He's the one who won. Uh, Shot in the dark. Yeah. Yeah, you had heard his name before, and that's why you picked it. So, and apparently that name recognition was enough. Uh, let's see. Most anticipated game was Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Chevy wanted that and predicted that. And in retrospect, when I was listening to us talk, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Of course that's going to be the one. So, um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Best narrative was Alan Wake 2. Uh, Chevy predicted that, and I wanted that. So that's really interesting that I doubted that it would win. Although in the episode, I made the case for uh, Baldur's Gate 3 having... I just assumed Baldur's Gate 3 was going to win. Yeah, because that's her assumption. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Best multiplayer game, Baldur's Gate 3. We both predicted that. Yeah. Neither of us wanted it, though. We both, I think, wanted... Okay, uh, it's fun multiplayer, but... Party Animals, come on. Yeah, we both wanted Party Animals. Uh, best mobile game was Honkai Star Rail. Obvious. We both predicted that. In fact, in that episode, I wanted and loosely predicted Monster Hunter until I looked at the list again. I was like, wait, no, that's, that's going to win for sure. So... <laughs> Uh, best adaptation from a game into a movie or TV show was The Last of Us. Uh, Chevy wanted that. I wanted that and predicted that. Uh, let's see. Content creator of the year went to Iron Mouse. We both predicted that and Chevy wanted that. Best ongoing game was Cyberpunk 2077, which I wanted but didn't predict. Uh, player's voice was Baldur's Gate 3. We both predicted and wanted that because... Of course, it was going to win. And then another, of course, was Game of the Year, which was Baldur's Gate 3, which we both predicted and both wanted. So uh, the conversation around that has been hilarious. Yeah, really interesting how before that even happened, I think people who wanted Spider-Man 2 just assumed 
within that ecosystem is just going to win. I think a certain type of gamer that exists out there um, don't play enough games to have their finger on the pulse. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> it, it's fine, like whatever people wanted to win, but it was mm-hmm. this really weird thing that happened after Baldur's Gate won, which I knew was going to win, and I had no doubt in my mind was going to happen outside of like, I was like, maybe Alan Wake 2, maybe Zelda. Never doubt Zelda. Other than that, though, nobody else has a chance. And that's not against Spider-Man. That's just like nobody else has a chance here. Um, And so after it won, all these people were like, what the fuck? Spider-Man 2 didn't win? And I was like, yeah, did you? Like, if that's your game, you're dope, man. Like, it's 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 a triple A made game. It's well made, blah, 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 whatever you like. But I never thought that game had a chance this year. I would even say if Boulder's Gate wasn't an option, I don't. I still don't think it would have won. Yeah, so. yeah. This year just wasn't its year. It should have came out like next year or something. And, and yeah, if they're worried about awards. Yeah, and that's not a knockout at all. Although nine noms, no- nine noms, no wins is fucking wild to me. Sure, but they're still nominated, so they were recognized. Yeah. Period. Which is something I said on my TikTok. I'm like, if your game was nominated, it that spotlight shows that they even thought about it being yeah. game of the year though. So that, you know, that's, that's something to be, you know, happy for, um, really interesting conversation. Let's know in the comments. What do you get? What do you think? Do you think, um, do you think Spider-Man two was robbed? And if so, no wrong opinions, let us know. Uh, and just for fun, it's not a competition. Um, if it was, I'd be upset. Uh, Chevy got 20 predictions. Correct. I got 17. So he won, but, uh, if it was a competition, but, 13 of the games I wanted won awards and 11 of Chevy's wants, which is, is actually makes, it makes a lot of sense because I play more types of games than you anyway. So my, my, um, my aim is a little, a little wider. In that I, also, sense. I also think it shows that, uh, you know, if anyone's ever watching the show and like, you don't like that many types of games, I still understand gaming. <laughs> so, sure. No, yeah. you're, you got more predictions than me and I feel like I'm pretty so. fucking knowledgeable on this. So yeah, you nailed a lot. There, I just think it's funny that there's a couple here that we both just like Valorant. Yeah. Esports, we're just not, no finger on that pulse. No. And then, uh, I'm very ignorant in that regard. Really. I am depressed to see that neither of us wanted or predicted Armored Core, but let me remind you guys that Remnant 2 was also nominated there and it won nothing, which is a fucking crime. Because uh, I think Remnant 2 is one of the best games of 2023 easily. Um, but Armored Core is also great. So that was a tough one for me. But uh, yeah, neither of us got that. So I think most categories are kind of hard this year just because there was too many good games. So Yeah, true. Um, but Josh nailed that. So yeah, anyway, that was fun. A uh, little, uh, little reflection. We always do our predictions every year, but we never really you know, go back and check how we did. So I thought it'd be cool to do that, even though it was a little extra work. Next year, I will, uh, you know, Keep that in mind to do that before I have to do it last minute. So, yeah, let us know in the comments. Uh, what you guys think of, uh, you know, the winners? Uh, did you get anything right, wrong? Uh, is there something you wish would have won some category? Let us know everything you think about in the comments below when it comes to the Game Awards. And uh, what do you think about how it was handled um, in terms of, uh, you know, time? Do you have any criticisms of the Game Awards, things you would like to see them Um change up all right so uh we got to go through game releases uh where we talk about the games that come out in a month and then we talk about if we're excited for any of the games and uh yeah have that discussion this is via the gamer.com so if there's any errors to this list it is their fault not mine i'm just reading it and we're recording as of the 15th so uh it's worth mentioning that every single game on this list came out 
uh, on the 14th or before, except for one. So I'm not going to read release dates. Every game I read here outside of one game is out right now or isn't out and they lied because their list sucks. I don't know. So uh, starting with Dragon Quest Monsters, The Dark Prince on Switch, Batman Arkham Trilogy on Switch, Steam World Build, uh, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series, Switch and PC, The Lord of the Rings, Return to Moria, PS5, Vampire the Masquerade, Swan Song, Switch, Disney Dreamlight Valley, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series, Switch and PC, The Anacrusis on Xbox One, Xbox Series and PC, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, which I don't have on my list. I need to write that down real quick. Uh, PS5, Xbox Series, and PC. Then we got Warhammer 40K Rogue Trader on PS5, Xbox Series, and PC. Small Land Survive the Wild, PS5, Xbox uh, Series, PC. The day before, PS5, Xbox Series, and PC, and now it is gone, baby gone. Uh, The Outer Wilds on Switch. Uh, Lego Fortnite, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series, Switch, and PC. The Finals. Came out as a surprise via the Game Awards uh, on PS5, Xbox Series, and PC. And it has been doing very well. It was like the third most played game on Steam. Oh, nice. So the people who made it were like, whoa, we're like really happy you guys like the game. Uh, Against the Storm on PC. Ready or Not came out 1.0 finally on PC. Uh, House Flipper 2, which was just recommended to me on Steam. Uh, PC. Grand Blue Fantasy versus Rising. PS4, PS5, PC. Uh, River Tales, Stronger Together, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Those games are all out. And then the one that is coming out in a large gap between the 14th and the 31st, coming out on the 31st, is Blazing Strike, PS4, PS5, Switch, and PC. Chevy, what games uh, have you picked up or are you going to pick up? Um, I, I don't know what Dragon Quest Monsters, The Dark Prince is. I'm kind of curious about that. I might look into that. Uh, and if it's something interesting, I might pick it up. Because I like what it's, it sounds like a Pokemon style game, but Dragon Quest. And I'd be all for that. Yeah, I remember seeing a video for it a while back. And I think we thought it looked interesting, but I don't remember it fully. Yeah. Um, what was the other one? Uh, I will see if I actually play it, but I did download the finals. I don't, oh, nice. I don't know if I will have the nerve to play it. I don't do competitive games usually. So. Mm. And then, I mean, it is definitely competitive, but yeah. um, I think most people should check it out at the very least. Yeah. Um, I did pick up Against the Storm. What is that? Uh, that is a strategy slash uh, roguelike slash RTS style game. I had to kind of talk to you about it earlier today. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I think I own Ready or Not. You do. I played that with you, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We played it for um, Game of the Month. Yeah. So I have that. Uh, I should revisit it at some point. Uh, unfortunately, it's just not a good time. Too much other crap to play. Yeah. Uh, and I downloaded the demo for Grand, Grand Blue Fantasy versus Rising uh, because they're offering... Or no, it's a free version. They have a free version of the game on Steam. So I just went ahead and downloaded it. I haven't had a chance to try it yet. But uh, uh, if it's a good model, uh, good on them for releasing... A fighting game and making it accessible so but uh yeah more than i thought i'd say but that's it this month yeah it's more than you typically say mm-hmm. and i think i might be in the opposite which is great because i don't need to be playing anything else right now but uh let's see i already own ready or not definitely want to check out the 1.0 patch 
uh, full release, they added um, more advanced AI to your um, NPC um, squad. And it's really neat. I almost wanted to watch a video on this taste cast for it, but uh, we didn't. Um, let's see. I already have the finals downloaded. Um, haven't played it since release though, but I plan on doing that because I really liked the beta, although I think some of the games needed balancing. Uh, I bought the day before I played it and I refunded it and then it went under. So, uh, I'm sure you guys have heard all about that. And honestly, I'm at the point where I don't want to really hear about that game at all anymore. Uh, cause the conversation around it has been just fucking mind numbing. Uh, but I'll talk about it a little bit in this episode because it is a game I played. Um, I'm interested in Warhammer 40k Rogue Trader. A lot of people are saying a lot of really good things about it, but I don't have the time to play it, nor do I want to make the time to play it right now because I'm focusing on um, games in consideration for Game of the Year discussion. So um, I'm buckling down and playing very specific games. Um, speaking of that, I already bought Avatar Frontiers of Pandora when I really didn't need to. <laughs> but... Uh, Funny story, Josh asked me if I've played it, and I was like, no. I mean, it kind of looks interesting, but not that interesting. And then on stream, I asked about, uh, like, why would Josh want me to want to know if I played that game or not? Like, does it have co-op? And then somebody, I think it was uh, Nick Raintree, somebody told me in stream that, uh, like, yeah, it's got a co-op campaign. I was just like, oh, that's probably why he hit me up about it. And then I hit him up, I'm like, I didn't know the game even had co-op. He's like, oh, it has co-op? I'm like... Yeah, why the fuck are you talking to me about it then? Like, what, what the hell's going on here? So anyway, I picked up Avatar uh, Frontiers of Pandora. I've been playing a little bit. I'll talk about it. I don't have a whole lot to say on it, though. Uh, the Anacrusis, I think I have on PC. I don't... I think it's like a Left 4 Dead style game. Oh, okay. I was like, I have no idea. It's like a sci-fi Left 4 Dead, but maybe I am confused. Uh, I picked that up because of Cody, but... Yeah, so I already own that. Uh, if, it, if it, like, fully released or something, I don't know what that why it says it's coming out on PC, but... That must be the case. And yeah, kind of curious about Dragon Quest Monsters, but I'm not recalling what that is. I haven't heard anything about it. So yeah, we will see. Other than that, though, pretty chill month. It definitely feels like things are wrapping up. Um, and then next month, we got what fucking um, Tekken. And then I think in February, we got, uh, oh God, Stalker 2. So it's going to ramp up again. So uh, savor yeah. this quiet month yeah, uh, while bit. you can. You know? I think there's also stuff dropping in March as well. So. Yeah, it's weird how we get big titles like um, early in the year now. Because they used to not be, people, be the case. People got holiday money to spend, dude. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Uh, Anything else? Nah. All right, let us know in the comments. What do you guys think of the games that have already come out in December? Uh, any games that are coming out or have come out this month that are not on this list that we should know about? Any recommendations? Anything you're looking forward to? Any games you would avoid? Uh, let us know. And I'm sure the day before is is something you would probably mention in uh, terms of that. Let's know everything you think about in the comments below when it comes to all of that. All right. So I think that's most of the things we needed to talk about that are not normal to TastyCast. So let's talk about what we've been playing. Okay. And I will let you start us on that. Okay, um, not a hundred percent sure what we talked about last time we did this, but I haven't played a whole lot anyway, so it shouldn't be too bad. Um, I'm gonna start with stuff I can't talk about. I have played all of the PlayStation Plus games already. I've played so as Power Wash Simulator, uh, Sable, and Lego 2K Race. Drive. Ah, close. 
which uh, <laughs> just thrown out there. Very weird of you to have played all those already. Yeah. You normally wait till the end of the month to play the game. So, yeah, well, I, I had some a little bit of time, but not a lot of time. So I was like, oh, I'm going to hop on them. Uh, I also think it's worth noting. I own Power Rush Sim on PC and I've put a lot of time into it there. So so you're doing the thing I typically do almost every single month where I've already played the game on PC, but I'm just checking it yeah, out on yeah, console. See how it plays on console. So. Yeah. Um, and then for you guys, uh, you know, if you haven't played it uh, and you are interested, it does have co-op. So if you want to play that with someone, you can. Um. Yeah, I can't really talk too much on the games, but yeah, I've, I've played all of them enough to have an opinion. I do want to play Power Wash with you so that you can get the, the co-op experience. Plus, I'd like to see how that plays on console as well. Yeah. Um, outside of that, I've also been playing our game of the month, which was one of your guys' choices, which was Spider-Man 2. Which um, is the third month in a row we're playing community pick games, which is really weird. Statistically, like impossible, I would feel. But yeah. But it happened. So uh, here we are. Uh, very convenient for us and you guys. So Also convenient for me because this was not a high priority for me in terms of like playing it now to see if it's like a game of the year title, which a lot of people are, have voiced now after the Game Awards that it is. Um, and so now I'm like having to play it. And uh, spoiler alert, you know, it's it's an Insomniac game, so I'm enjoying it. Um, yeah, it is well made. To what degree we'll discuss at the end of the month, yeah. but uh, when we do our review, but um, it is interesting that it has forced its way into my priority list through the channel, and I'm not necessarily upset about that. I just, uh, you know, now I'm playing it. Yeah, I wasn't even going to buy it until I had to because of the channel. So yeah, um, which I'm glad to see you are playing it because I felt bad at first. I was like, man, she's got to buy a seventy dollar game that he wasn't <laughs> even planning on buying. But yeah, you know, you're a good sport it about that. Is, so. You know. It's once a month anyway, so it's like not that big a deal. But uh, you are playing it, so at least you're, you know, yeah, not wasting your money. Um, yeah, I don't want to go too into that, but yeah, I am we playing won't talk it. About it. Um, I'm gonna try, especially after buying a full price game, to get through as much of it as I can. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. I kind of alluded to it already, but I picked up and played against the storm. Um, I only. It was on my wish list already, which I don't even remember putting it on there. Um, I think it was just a Steam recommended thing. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll think about it. Well, it went, uh, it released, and I think it was on sale, you know, in this release window or whatever. So I went ahead and picked it up. And uh, also it had overwhelmingly positive reviews. So it's like 90 plus, I think, on Steam. Hmm. I don't I don't remember how they do their rating um, system. But um, it is definitely my kind of game. Uh you basically uh we're going through the tutorial you start off you make like an encampment uh and do by doing that there are like three races that can live in your encampment and they can do things like you know collect lumber collect mine you know go mining uh get food etc so stuff you would expect in like an rts except for like there's no like combat uh, at least not that i've seen in the game hmm. uh, it's all just gathering and surviving basically and, and like having the requirements to complete quests um and then you want your uh, encampment to survive long enough to get through enough quests because at the bottom of the screen there is a bar for you with checkpoints until it gets to the end and then a bar for um, whatever the it's like a mist or like the queen's anger or something like that and if it fills up before yours does you lose and if you win your encampment survives at least for then um, 
eventually goes out to like a world map and there's like a kingdom in the middle that's protected by a shield and there's like this mist that's trying to encroach on it and you're trying to push that mist back by making a bunch of encampments um that's pretty much the tldr of it uh, a lot of it is just kind of like uh, managing stuff so uh for example I set up a bunch of people to collect wood and then I had to make you make like a workshop and in that workshop they can make planks and stuff and those planks can be used to make other things or to complete quests. Um, the amount of types of buildings is pretty crazy and then the requirements for those are kind of crazy too and because it has like roguelike systems you're not guaranteed to like when you level or you get like three choices of what kind of building you can get and you may not get the one you're looking for. Um, so you have to be careful which quests you choose too, because you pick one of three quests every time a quest unlocks. So, hmm. um, so it has an element of randomness to it. Uh, also as the map explores, random events happen in it as well. So, uh, pretty cool. I like it. It's definitely at my uh, alley. Uh, I don't think it's for everyone, but if you're into, uh, micromanaging or strategy games, I would check it out. It's pretty cool. It's also not super expensive. I think I got it for 1999, but I think it's normally 30. So. Um, it's a good chunk. Let's see. USD, by the way. Um, drawing a blank all of a sudden. Uh, we played, I don't want to speak too much for you, obviously, but uh, we played World War Z. I picked the True. Drama. Uh, we finally got a chance to sit down and play it uh, a couple times, though. One time was just me and you. Another time was me, you, Josh, and for a moment, Sarah. Yeah. Um, she was there for a second. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've been having fun with it. I like Left 4 Dead uh, anyways, which is kind of uh, weird because I'm not usually into like zombie stuff. But uh, I mean, it's a, it's like a heavy a, co-op game. It's yeah, it's a very team centric game. Yeah. So um, this is that, you know, and we played uh, was it Alien Fire Team, I think. It's Fire called? Team Elite. Elite. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I like that as well. That was a lot of fun. Uh, it's kind of what spawned the uh mood i guess to, to get a game like this but i didn't want to buy both because i if i'm going to buy one i want to commit time to it i wanted to bounce around a bunch so yeah and if you get burnt out on world War Z, you could always just buy the other one too yeah it's well, not and i have it on playstation has crossplay anyways so. true yeah um which i think ended up being the deciding factor because yeah. i already had one of them yeah i remember when we we're talking about that mm -hmm. i was like you already own it on playstation so you can have both technically yeah um so I'm I'm liking it. Uh, the the class and, and leveling system is interesting. The there's a lot of stuff to, like work towards. Uh, the one thing that's kind of a headache for me is that I'm trying to level uh, LMGs and I never find them. So yeah, I can't level them. <laughs> so of course I find a gun I like and I never get it. So you should look for a class that maybe has starting. Uh, equipment that's like that yeah well and i probably should uh but at this point i'm already kind of like a third of Invested. the way through the drone class i can't remember what it's called drone master um pretty fun so far uh though the weapons most classes if not all of them have a skill you can spend on starting with a weapon and uh all the ones that the uh you just said the name. I already forgot it. Drone Master. Drone Master uh, have are all like uh, single fire weapons. And in a game like this, I'm not really interested in single fire because there's too many targets to shoot at. Yeah. I need to just be able to unload into the sea. So Yeah, they're good at a distance. But yeah, up close, I'd rather something that's full auto. Yeah. So far, my favorites have been the LMG is my primary. 
the grenade launcher is my secondary and the auto shotgun is my um super weapon That's yeah probably my fun. favorite loadout but it's hard to get because you don't get a choice i like the shotgun the super shotgun whatever the fuck it's called and then um the heavy lmg you like kneel down when you shoot it but it's basically having a turret yeah i've used it a couple times uh you can i did hip fire once i thought but maybe i didn't because i know if you aim you just like stop and get yep. real low so um anyways the other thing i like too is that uh the campaign kind of goes through like the event happening in multiple places in the world, which I think is a neat uh, idea on that. I know it's based off a book. So um, though I'm ignorant of what the book is about. Yeah. Basically there's this world war against all the militaries and zombies. Gotcha. Um, And so in this, you know, keeping in line with that story, uh, every campaign has like four missions to do. You play as four different characters in four different, or not four different locations, different locations around the world. There's like a Japanese campaign. There's like a, israel campaign there's a fucking new york one a russia one there's one in france well i know at least from where i've played i've done now new york uh israel and or we were no russia and then we are in israel right now yeah okay yeah um we just started the russian one i have it backwards yeah yeah, because we only did the things like a library or something yeah and, and then uh, people are getting tired, so it's time for bed, basically. Yep. So, um, I would like to play through all of them, though. I have done all of the campaigns many times, except for the last one they added, and then they just added a new one, which is wild. They're still supporting this game, but I'm very okay with it because I love this game. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's fun. I would like to get a little further. Um, at the very least, get through the, the game once. Um, I would like to try out the other classes, but I, I hate jumping around, so I just want to kind of get one knocked out if I can. Yeah, in my opinion, Drone Master is definitely, if it was on my list, it wouldn't be in the middle, but it'd be like upper middle. Like, it's not like my top three, but it was, it's it's fun. I liked it. There's some classes I'm not a big fan of, um, but uh, there's definitely better classes in my opinion. Yeah, I was... Uh typically play support games so i uh was looking for something a little bit on the supportive side though uh, i do usually mostly use it to protect myself so i'm not really using it very supportively <laughs> yeah drone master because i've leveled that um i need to prestige it uh yeah most of the time i just felt like I, it was just useful to me like there is a way you can have it hover over somebody else but it is just like a single person centric ability you can also set it up to heal yeah, so, which I didn't do, so that might be. But I was playing with Sarah, and Sarah likes to play Medic, right. so probably didn't feel like we needed to double up on that. Yeah, I also had it set up to drop grenades on piles, uh, but it didn't seem to really work that often, so I just switched it back to just using a stun gun and pistol. Yeah, I don't think so. I ever used the grenade on it. Yeah, I watched it happen once, and it was satisfying what happened. In fact, I think it's probably one of the most satisfying things in the game is when they're trying to pile up a wall and... You just throw an explosive and oh, yeah. just watch them go flying. So, um, my I think my only crit- criticism, and it's really minor, I I don't it doesn't affect the game that much for me. But uh, in the obvious comparison to L4D, I mean, you've had this conversation before, but I do think the special infected are a little more aggressive uh, and smarter in Left 4 Dead, which is funny because it's an older game, um, but they are not disinteresting uh, yeah. in this game. They're just not. I don't think they're smart. 
Yeah, and the two th- and we talked about this, but just to kind of add to that, um, the two things I I gather from that because I do agree with that is, uh, first off, because you're dealing with the the big thing to this game is like the the zombie density, the amount yeah. of zombies they can put on screen at once, and so I think they are more so throwing special infected in to kind of help with overwhelming you mm-hmm. in terms of getting flooded by zombies. Um, Left 4 Dead doesn't do that. Left 4 Dead feels a little more strategic in how you're moving through the map and avoiding witches, stuff like that. But also, Left 4 Dead started this genre of having like an AI-directed uh, spawner for enemies while you're trying to survive. And uh, unless there's a game before that did it, uh, let me know. But I'm pretty sure it was the first game that did it. And so I think Valve probably spent much more time thinking about designing their special infected and how they work. Uh, even thinking back to... <laughs> their behaviors they are very specific in how they act like the smoker will like you know be behind a building and looking and trying to pull you over stuff like that and games since then carry on the tradition of having elite enemies you know crazy enemies that do similar things like what a tank does stuff like that but i don't think they put the same amount of time i think they're just mimicking the structure and not thinking about as much as valve probably thought about it well, I think you kind of have a point with the density thing as well, because I know when we first played um, on hard, we didn't check the difficulty yeah. before starting, and uh, there were constant special units. Yeah, the um, last time me, Josh, and Sarah were playing together, we were playing on hard, and then I forgot it just like saved that, and then we played. You were like level one, yeah. and I hadn't played in a while. Hadn't touched game yet. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, as soon as it started, we ran to like a fucking creeper, then we ran to a second creeper, third creeper, and then like a a hazmat guy came running in and then like a fucking charger came running in. I forgot what they're called. I don't remember if it's charger or not, but, uh, and then a second charger came running in while we were already fighting one. And then we opened an elevator and another one came running out at us or bull. They're called bulls. Um, and I was just like looking around and you got hit twice and got dropped. I turn around and I see the NPCs running to you. I'm like, okay, they'll get you up. And they all got dropped. I'm like, the fuck is going on? <laughs> I was like, is, oh no, is this is this on a hurt difficulty? It has to be. There's no way we're getting just wrecked right now. Um, and you know, I was alive, but I was like, the whole fucking team's down. What the hell? We haven't gotten past the first part. Yeah. So yeah, we had to restart, and it was on hard. And there's still yeah. like two or three difficulties over that. But uh, yeah, I was rusty, and I you had no upgrades, no skills, no yeah. stats, no nothing. So. Never played the game. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was it was fucked up. But yeah. Uh, overall, it's a fun time. Uh, if you are looking for an Left 4 Dead style game, I would definitely suggest that. Or even the the Alien uh, one is good too. So yeah, I would I would recommend World War Z over every other game outside of Left 4 Dead if you're looking for more Left 4 Dead style games. But there are plenty of them out there worth playing. Um, I would also recommend Vermintide, Vermintide, Vermintide too. Yeah. But every, everybody kind of loves those games at this point. Yeah, they've been played. Um, <laughs> yeah, they've been played plenty. I need to return to Dark Tide because um, when I played it, it felt. Um, minimal in the content but a good starting point i just didn't want to get burnt out on a game that didn't have very many things to do in it yet um but yeah world war z i think is like a fantastic left for dead style game uh alien fire team elite i think is a good one for sure it definitely has certain things about it i like more than other games but the core gameplay of it is not as satisfying as a lot of the games in the genre and then uh back for blood we should play at some point i played it a little bit but um not a whole lot yeah yeah i have it so if you guys have recommendations of anything in that genre let me know because uh I, you know i've, I've played a, a other games too in the genre but um those are like the highlights yeah that's about one of the only <laughs> shooting games i play anyways with people so like battlefield 
Rip. <laughs> yep. Um, that's all I think I have of note. I've dabbled in some other stuff, but nothing. Oh, your list is real small. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'll jump into mine then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played World War Z. It's a blast. I've talked about it on the channel many times. Happy you're playing it. Great excuse for me to play it again. Uh, I will always play that game. I fucking love that game. Um, and I still have plenty of things to unlock, even though I think I only have like two classes I haven't really leveled in the game. But uh, I got plenty of prestiges to do and the guns level and have perks and stuff. And a lot of that seems like end game shit. So there's just too much to do in that game. Um, so, yeah. Uh, games I can't talk about. I played Lego 2K Drive. I plan on playing it more, but I have played it. Uh, if you're curious about that game, maybe you're like, should I even download that and play that? Well, you should because we're t- going to talk about the end of the month. So join us for that conversation. But also, if you like like Mario Kart, arcade racers, uh, racing games with activities, um, just check it out. If you and then, like Legos. If you like Legos, uh, there's a lot going on with it. Played Spider Man 2. I'm still playing Spider Man 2. I've been actually playing Spider Man 2 semi-regularly lately um so yeah we'll talk about that i have a lot to say on it already and i plan on playing it more uh okay so games i can talk about avatar frontiers of pandora i picked up i already kind of alluded to that because josh brought it up and i was like okay yeah i'll, I'll try it out um because every review i watch this is the this is weird i typically don't buy games based off reviews but i was so surprised that almost every review for fucking avatar was like the game's fine it's actually kind of fun but it's not amazing, and if you're burnt out on Far Cry style games, you're going to be burnt out on this, which I agree, because this is Far Cry. Um, I actually called it uh, Ava, Ava Far Cry. Um, but uh, I'm not burnt out on uh, Far Cry just yet, so I was like, okay, that's fair. Like, I'll, I'll check it out. And uh, yeah, so far, it's, it's very Far Cry-like, except for you're on Pandora. The world is actually really cool to look at. That is a big thing I heard as well in reviews. They're like, the world's cool to explore. And it does feel like that for sure. Um, Combat doesn't feel amazing yet, but it'll get there. It's kind of weird being a giant in a game. It's neat because you're playing from a perspective you typically don't play in in a lot of first-person shooters as like a Navi and everything else is like, when you walk through like a human building, it's small. Mm. So it's like you're fighting hobbits. It's fucking weird. Um... And a lot of times I'm just punching them too. So I feel like I'm just like punching hobbits in fucking uh, the Shire. Um, But uh, most of the games so far, I I think my biggest complaint is a lot of the mission types are very repetitive, more repetitive than Far Cry. Uh, Not a big deal, but also mission structure is it's they're They're really simple tasks, but it's not good about telling you what to do i keep going to and maybe i was just really tired when i was playing but i keep going to places like do this and i'm like looking around i'm like where is it like what okay like what what do you want me to do and then like i'm like reading the the mission log and i'm like okay you're saying do that but i'm using my fucking navi vision i don't see it anywhere um it's happened like three times now and i'm like this this feels more confusing than it should be for a game that's like not a game I really feel like I need to think about too much, but a uh, small complaint. And I, the more I play it, I think the more I'll be able to recognize the things I'm looking for. Um, the game also has a big emphasis on like hunting and like tracking and stuff like that, which is kind of cool. It kind of feels like Far Cry Primal in some ways, but obviously there's like uh, machine guns and stuff because it's a sci-fi game. Um, and the story is 
I hate to say this because I know Avatar's biggest criticism from people who don't like Avatar is the story is, you know, boring or Pocahontas or the fuck. But uh, as a person who, you know, doesn't mind the Avatar movies in terms of story, but I actually really love what they do with um, the tech um, and world building and world building stuff like that. Really cool stuff. I love James Cameron um, and, and, you know, the way he approaches filmmaking. Um, you know, the there there's elements of the game I, I really like, but the story is even more basic than the movies. It's like you're Navi, there's humans who got you captured, you escape, and now you're just getting you you're fighting them off the land, basically. And so like, you know, the story could be a little more interesting, but I didn't expect much from it, to be honest. So I'm literally not playing the game for the story. Um Game as co-op, I haven't tried it yet, but uh, I plan on doing that because I literally bought the game for that. So, um, yeah, I would recommend this game if you're just looking for like a good-looking, freeform first-person Far Cry-style game. On that, it's not a game you got to rush out to play. A game you should rush out to play, though, that I uh, played and then couldn't stop playing and beat and already have played through again like almost completely is resident Evil 4 remake which i think is funny uh when it was nominated for game of the year there are people out there who think remakes should not be nominated i get the i get the uh, argument but if a game is like built from the ground up and came out that year even though it treads the same story and similar beats as the original it's a brand new game and so it's hard for me to say it shouldn't be there but i can respect when people say that but after playing Resident Evil 4 Remake, it 100%, in my opinion, is one easily one of the best games of 2023. Um, it's one of the most fun games I played in 2023. Um, the amount of shit that they added and enhanced and changed in, for the better since the original game, which is already legendary, is fucking crazy. Like Capcom is so good, except for Resident Evil 3, at remaking their games. I mean, that's kind of a tough game to remake anyways. Well, I wasn't already a fan of the original anyway uh, that much. So it's like the only Resident Evil and the early Resident Evils that I was like, eh, not really into that one. Um, Resident Evil 4 is fucking legendary, not just because like it was an awesome game that they remade a million times. It was fucking proto Skyrim. Uh, it was revolutionary to not only horror games, but also third person shooters in general, like huge, huge deal in gaming. And so remaking that, I'm like, you got to fucking nail this. And they easily exceeded my expectations for it so um you guys have all played resident Evil 4 in the past i'm sure you guys know all about it so i won't go too far into it but uh the shooting is fucking fantastic it's a blast still super fun the progression they've added to the game makes it even better and like you can't stop playing you're like oh fuck i can if i just get a little bit more i can like upgrade my pistol or upgrade my shotgun um the cinematics are done much better. They still keep some of that ridiculous feeling nature to some of the scenarios while also keeping it grounded feeling and not as cartoony as the original felt. Uh, one thing I really liked about the game that I think I would care, give a fuck about is uh, the president's daughter, uh, Ashley. Um, she was notoriously kind of annoying in the original game because you had to do a lot of escort stuff uh, in this game. You still have to do that, but they made her character not annoying. Uh, also, this you know might not be relatable to some people, but uh, definitely something I kind of expect in some things now, especially Western games. 
she her and and leon had a, a really interesting relationship in the remake where they feel like they're just two people looking out for each other which i really dug because a lot of times if you remake a game or you like change things up i was worried she was gonna like either still be kind of stupid like in the original game or be the opposite and be like a boss bitch and be like annoying and one-upping leon constantly and they didn't go either way like their whole like uh, dynamic, I think works really well, and uh, I was really happy about that because I was afraid like I gotta spend time with some chick who's gonna be really fucking annoying in this game, or anybody. But uh, I think they wrote the characters really well. Uh, it's a really good like modern adaptation, um, super re- refreshing. Um, boss fights are cool. Everything's cool. I, the game is just fucking fantastic. I I I, I could go to every single detail of this game and tell you how good it is. But uh, it it re-upped my appreciation for the original game while also just appreciating how much work they put into this to make it just a better game than it already was. Also, you look at this game and you're like, this is what Resident Evil 4 used to look like, man. This is fucking, this looks really accurate. And then you look at the original Resident Evil 4 and you're like, holy shit. In a weird way, still looks amazing because that game was fucking insane looking when it first came mm-hmm. out. But in retrospect, you're like, graphics have come so far that uh, this game that I don't think is like the best looking game of the year, but I think it's really good looking, looks so much better than the original game. It's fucking insane. They improved so much. And it's just crazy. I was like, whoa, dude. Like, even if you look at uh, places that are completely recognizable from the first game that are in this game, they've not just touch them up, but added like so much foliage, detail, texture, things to the buildings. Like it's, it's fucking really crazy while still staying authentic to the original game. It's, it's very impressive. So long story short, um, Resident Evil 4 remake is fucking awesome. You should play it if you haven't. I waited way too long to play it and I regret it. Um, because I finally got around to playing and I was like, holy fuck, dude, I should have played this when it came out. My mentality was like, I already played the original though. I can play this at some point. Right. It's fine. But then it was on sale and I was like, Time to pull a trigger. I did, and um, the game's fucking awesome. And I'm so upset because there's a VR mode on fucking PS5. And I just hear people say it's awesome. So I need to buy PSVR too at some point, even <laughs> though I don't need I don't need another fucking headset. But uh they're really they're they're doing the Sony thing and there's exclusives there. So all right. Um I, I bought I bought and played and refunded the day before. I'm just so fucking sick of talking about this game. Long story short, um, this game was advertised one way. Everybody was stoked for it. Then when things are looking weird in the trailers, um, a lot of us saw red flags and we're like, uh-oh, something's up with the game. Then YouTubers, uh, specific ones, made up the story that the game was fake and didn't exist. Um, I said that wouldn't happen. The game was going to release. People said that I was crazy for saying that the game came out. I knew it was going to exist. That was stupid. So those people pivoted over to uh, the game's a scam, which we can talk all day about if it's a scam or not. I'm just trying to get through all this because this whole conversation people are going to bring up like, well, it's a scam. Well, it's this, that just let you know where I'm at on it. Um, It could be a scam. I'm open to that, but I do think it was just um, negligence. I think it was an incompetent dev who uh released the game hoping that it would be enough to make enough money to stay afloat and I don't I don't think it was so um in a shitty way if they uh they just dropped the game they've offered refunds to everybody and they don't even get the money from Steam for another month so um they haven't made money from the game yet 
Um, except for I keep hearing people t- saying they made money somewhere else, but I haven't got facts on that from anybody. So um, anyway, long story short, I think I think the game was uh, um, a, a shitty dev releasing a shitty game and nothing uh, nefarious. But I could be wrong and I'm very happy to be proven wrong. But um, with the amount of people who just made up out of thin air, the story of it not existing, moving over to scam instantly. Um, sorry if I if I'm not trusting of those people. Um, so anyway. Uh, that being said, I played the day before um, because I had to know. Like, I had no big hype for the game. Just curious. And I know I can refund the game. So um wasn't a big deal for me. A lot of people are like, oh, I can't believe idiots bought this game. And I'm like, I'm going to get my money back if it fucking sucks. So it's like, it's not an issue. Um, so anyway, I downloaded it. I played it. Um, base level, it is a, was a very vanilla run-of-the-mill extraction shooter people say like it wasn't a game it was barely anything i'm like no you ran around a city you shot other people i shot other people they shot me uh there's zombies the zombies ai sucked for sure um but there's zombies there there's loot you know you extracted i did it um felt like a free-to-play extraction shooter um but yeah the optimization sucked there's no settings that made the game run smooth for me that game should run on high, and it defaulted to that on my PC, even on low. It wouldn't run very well. So that's already a problem. Optimization sucked. Didn't expect more from the, from them than that. Server issues. It loaded slow. Took forever to get into a match. Um, ran into internet lag regularly. Uh, the first time I ever loaded into the city, uh, I walked literally five feet, and then I heard a bullet uh, fucking get fired. I look over to the right. There's two guys running on the street shooting at me. I was like, oh, okay. So I, uh, you know, I hit one of them, but they were able to kill me. And I was like, that was a great way to fucking start this game. Um, the, the hub where you run around, uh, with other people, craft weapons, upgrade weapons, uh, buy equipment, stuff like that was run of the mill. There's nothing special about it. Um, but also nothing really negative about it. Um, I do think it's interesting that like you start out with a rifle, you go out there, you get killed and then you lose all your equipment, which is nothing new to extraction shooters, but it doesn't have like a system where like you can, it kind of did. I think it would refund you some money, but like it, it was very brutal getting back into another match. Like you had to really go look for stuff to sell to really um, recoup a lot of those losses. Uh, There's nothing. Oh, uh, no melee. I think it's probably the biggest crime of this game outside of the obvious lies that they told early on in the, the promotion of this game. Um, yeah, you you like like my third run, I had like almost no bullets. So and I ended up using them. And after that, I couldn't fight anything. So I was like, that is shitty. Um, also, you can't vault or mantle things. So jumping over things was really rough. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like shit. So. Um, I thought the map design was decent, except for you couldn't go into a lot of the interiors, like 99% of them. And so it felt like these big glorified, super detailed hallways. Mm-hmm. Like you're running down these like division style streets, but there's not a lot of alleyways. There's a lot of doorways that were blocked off. So I assume at some point they were trying to build interiors, ran out of funding, ran out of people, didn't have time. And so they blocked them off. You see this in a lot of games in general. Um where you see a door, you're like, I feel like I should go through there. And they, you know, 
in development shut it they're like we're not going to design this so that was kind of obvious for me um yeah so yeah you go in you uh you gear up you go into the world there's no time limit i think you just like ran around until you wanted to leave um so that was kind of interesting uh but yeah overall just it just wasn't a good game but what it felt like to me in my opinion you can think it's a scam you can think people are you know twisting their mustaches uh in the development of this game with some 40 chess uh the game's fake, not real. Actually, it is real, but we're going to scam players by not getting their money and spending money of our own for like three years advertising a game without early access. Um, I think my theory, and this isn't defending the game, it's not a good game. Um, my theory is that this dev, and I know they got a past, and I know they're, they've done some weird shit in the, in, in the past, even though prop night i think they made and people played that and liked it so i don't hear anything about a scam with that game so they have made a game that's not a scam uh i think this reminded me of what happened with cliffy b when he made radical heights um they needed money quick and they're like we gotta fucking put a game out what's popular uh battle royales okay fucking make one as quick as you can on the cheap let's get it out and we're gonna early release it to make money hopefully it's enough that we can support the game and get the fucking business going again and it failed because I played it and there wasn't floors in the buildings. There was grass where floors should be. Buildings had no textures. It was like, it was a shit game. Radical Heights I'm talking about. And uh, I refunded it like a lot of people. And um, they lost money and the business went under. That's what this feels like to me. It feels exactly like that to me. Um, so yeah, I assume they were hoping during this development they were going to put out I think they probably did originally want to make a fucking MMO like they said they're going to make. And nowadays it's so hard to have that conversation anyway because everyone calls anything online a fucking MMO. True. Um, when I was younger, an MMO was basically massively multiplayer online, meaning a lot of people on a server existing, not instanced rooms with you know multiple people. But people call like games like Warframe a fucking MMO nowadays. So when people are like, they said it was going to be an MMO, I'm like... From my classic point of view, I think, yeah, you're right. But to standard, uh, modern, or to modern day standards, um, people call everything a fucking MMO nowadays. So Anything that's a service game, yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, that. So <laughs> I don't know how to approach that fucking conversation because I think people have been using that term wrong for fucking ever. But anyway, I think they originally wanted to make like a DayZ style game. I think when uh, the development... Uh, wasn't going their way and the funding wasn't there and you know i don't know how big this team was i think they took the assets that i know came from the unreal engine everybody's like they bought the assets from their marketplace i'm like yeah but that's not illegal they're just lazy um like it's all it's all pre-made assets i'm like yeah that just means they're lazy right um sounds like they're trying to make a buck um i think they just ran out of funding and and uh resources and I think they're like, okay, we already built the city. We haven't felt, built the whole map yet. Just close off the outside of the city and make it a fucking extraction shooter since those are taking off right now anyway. Because extraction shooters are the new battle royale. They're they're trying to make them the new battle royales. So I think they're trying to do the Radical Heights thing, cash in on a fucking thing, and it didn't work out. I think they put out a shit product because they just they didn't have the resources to do it. So Or the want. And obviously the guy who runs Fantastic <laughs> literally was like, yeah, you can get a refund. We already 
got it cleared with steam uh but yeah shit happens this is our first big project i'm like very unprofessional but not surprised with the product you released and how you're talking it sounds like you don't give a fuck and people are like oh this one money i'm like every game every game people say it's not charity every game people make uh, wants your money mm. so do they they just made a shit product um so yeah i I, I think people are, are um, especially the fake game people, I think are just pivoting because they, they don't want to lose that momentum of like, you know, these guys are fucking up to something. Um, but they're wrong the first time. Could be wrong the second time. If it is a scam, if it's proven, yeah, fuck them, dude. Like, I don't care if the game was shit. But um, I do think, I think, I do think there's more to it than just like snidely whiplash fucking mustache twirling. But I don't know. I could be wrong. Uh, I played the game though. It was shit. So, although IGN gave it a one, out of 10, I saw that. Um, I don't know if I would have given it a one because it, it, it was just like a really shitty shooter. Um, I've played worse games, but uh, which I know is going to be blasphemy for some people, but I've, I've played a lot of games. And uh, yeah, I'd probably give it like a three or four out of 10, probably. But definitely felt um, underbaked, unfinished, and the optimization was fucking horrible. So yeah, day before, sucked. It uh, came, it went. And uh, I hope we can all just forget about it. Use an example of uh, how not to release a fucking game and how not to um, advertise your games. Um, and on the opposite spectrum of that, look to Hello Games uh, in how you can release a game in not a good state and fully recover from it. Um, so, yeah. Do you have any opinions on the day before? Not a single one. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of games that came out, um, in bad shape and uh, recovered. I have been playing Cyberpunk 2077 and I just got into Phantom Liberty. Um, it's funny. I was like, I'm going to play my old file and then just like load up Phantom Liberty and start playing it. And, and uh, I went to do that. I'm like, I don't remember what the fuck I was doing. I don't remember what my build was. And it's really easy to like um, respec. But it's like, I'm just going to start a new character. But I was like rushed to Phantom Liberty. Um, I went to do that, but I realized how good cyberpunk 2077 is and this is coming from somebody who's liked it since it came out um but the game is in like such a good fucking state now it plays super smooth looks fucking it still looks so good dude um combat is fucking dope i love it i'm rocking uh a throwing knife slash katana build where i'm blocking bullets and uh deflecting back at people while throwing knives and hitting people in the head slowing down time uh with the um I always forget the name of it. Sam Deviston. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Um, and doing like a lot of, uh, you know, dashing around and double jumping and shit like that, like agile stuff. Um, really fucking enjoying it to the point where I put a good like 15, 20 hours into the game before I even got to Phantom Liberty, which was not my plan. Like I said, I was just going to like beeline through the story and get to Phantom Liberty. Um, but I've just been playing it. I've been playing it more than I played it the first time I played through it. I've played this game before and I beat it. Um, but with this character, like I'm doing like every little fucking thing all over the city. It's such a pleasure to play that like I'm just going to recommend to you right now if you haven't returned to Cyberpunk since the most recent updates or if you just wrote it off early and never came back to check it out. Uh, it's, it's time to play the game. It's fucking awesome. Um, that being said, I am playing in Phantom Liberty now. I'm about two or three hours into it. I think it's only like a 13 hour expansion. Um it's fucking awesome. Like the new zone is, I don't want to talk too much cause it's new, but, um, the new zone's cool. It's a different feeling than the rest of night city. 
the characters are interesting. Uh, the story is well done so far. I really like Idris Elba in it so far. Don't spoil anything if anything happens with him or anyone else, because I would like to go in without uh, you know getting spoiled. Um, as for like stuff it adds gameplay wise. I think there's some like new weapons and stuff like that, but uh, I'm already going into it. I think I'm like level 30 or something, so I already am pretty uh, built up right now. But um, yeah, I uh, I don't even know if I'm far enough into it to know what it does add in terms of content. Outside of there are relic perks now, which is kind of cool, uh, which adds to the perk tree. Um, they had redone the whole thing, anyways. I thought they did redo it. Yeah. But then they also added this relic thing that's only in Phantom Liberty, I believe. Because um, you find them around... Um, oh, no. What's the name of that place? Why well, can't I remember it? The the part of the city that Phantom Liberty takes place in. Dogtown. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all over Dogtown. You run around, you find these relic points, and then um, you use relic points to buy new perks. So I already have a pretty good build that I almost feel OP in uh, the game right now. I... I need to check if I can turn the difficulty up or something while playing because I feel like I'm too powerful. Um, but it's very fun. Like, I'm really enjoying just uh, uh, throwing knives into people's heads and stuff. Um, so satisfying to just release a knife and watch it go and hit a dude and, like, it sticks in their head. And, like, it's just it's just perfect. Um, but these relic points um, allow you to have more um, build power, basically. And uh, it's really neat. I... I remember them talking about that before the expansion came out in the trailers, but I completely forgot it was a thing. So I was playing it just for fun. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool, Phantom Liberty. And then it's like, here's the new Relic perks. So I was like, cool, more progression. That's what I like to see. Um, and, yeah, I, uh, I just been really enjoying it. I do plan on beating Phantom Liberty. I don't know if I'm going to beat the whole game by the end of the year, but I do plan on beating Phantom Liberty before we do our game of the year discussion, because it is in the running for me, um, not in the running like it's going to be in my top three or anything like that, but in the running in terms of like, I will allow it if somebody wants to have that as their game of the year runner up because uh, we count expansions um, as well as sizable DLC that will change the game, basically. Which allows like um, uh, expansions like in Final Fantasy 14 or whatever to keep it relevant. So anytime we do that, so... Anyway, I'd like to beat it because I do think it's um, definitely an experience worth mentioning in that kind of context. But uh, yeah, been really enjoying Cyberpunk. Um, been a blast playing it again with a new character and uh, being able to buy fucking apartments and like the amount of customization now because it's not all tied to stats and shit. You can just dress however the fuck you want. Like all these little things they've changed over time. The new subway system, like there, it's just uh, it's so depressing to know the Phantom Liberty is the first and last expansion but i get it they probably want to start fresh they've made up for the mistakes they made but uh i wish they would just support it further but oh well but yeah it's really good um i think it's everything i've been playing all right you got anything else i don't all right let us know in the comments what games have you guys been playing uh what games are you planning on playing soon what games would you recommend us play uh i mean that seriously this time because we're running out of time we gotta have this discussion if there's a game you think we should be prioritizing right now um for that discussion let us know we are playing spider-man 2 right now um i'm playing phantom liberty and uh i have beaten resting four so don't recommend that to me but um it's a good recommendation um 
And yeah, let us know everything you think about in the comments below when it comes to games you've been playing. All right, well, we got a couple of videos we're going to watch here. First one being Super Normal, official gameplay trailer. Now, I believe this is a horror game coming out next month. Let's see. It says January 8th, 2024. Yeah, so pretty soon on PC. And Super Normal is set in a seemingly ordinary apartment, harboring dark secrets. Play as Detective Wyatt tasked with unraveling the disappearance of uh, Masato uh, Sakamoto's daughter, whoever that is. Uh, search for clues and unravel the sinister truth. The reason this game's even on my radar is because the dude who's making it uh, is constantly on X uh, telling people that if you're a content creator uh, and you want to play it, let him know. But it seems like people keep saying that they're interested in playing it and he's not necessarily giving out codes he's just i think he's just baiting people into saying they want to play his game i don't know what he's doing maybe he's a scammer i don't know but uh we're gonna watch this okay and then we'll react to it i know it's not really your speed because this is a horror game um but maybe you can uh have an opinion on uh the graphics look nice for a, a scammer um and uh yeah you're gonna no, watch this no more boogeyman yeah I'm <laughs> yeah true no i'm i'm I agree. All right, this is Super Normal. Official gameplay trailer in three, two, one, and go. I don't like that. I saw a microphone thing. It's gonna be one of those games that. I think. It, to you. I think it's funny that people are even trying that because I played one already, and I'm not like a vocal when I get scared guy. Unless I'm. That's kind of interesting. I bet this is going to be horrifying with fucking headphones. Headphones, yeah. But I think a lot of people will probably freak out if uh, they play a game like this. Alright, short but sweet, but it definitely gave us a good idea on what to... Uh, expect from this. Uh, what do we think? Um, it's hard for me because I'm not the target audience, obviously, but it does look good. Um, I do think it's interesting. A bunch of games are toying with the idea of like listening to you, though uh, it is kind of hard feature, I think, to work for all people because, like you said, yeah. um, you don't really talk a lot. Uh, yeah, it's funny. When I play anything, it's not that I don't get scared when scary shit happens. Like a lot of times I'm kind of expecting it because of certain tropes. But when I do get freaked out, I have that like, I'll like pause for a second and like my heart will go boom real quick. But that's it. Like I don't like, go like, oh my God, or anything like that. I'll do it sometimes when I'm playing with friends because the social element is just more fun to like, you're trying to convey to them. Something's happening, but fucking right, you right. just like start yelling. Um, but yeah, if I'm just like playing a game, like I'm like the kind of person who's like, I kind of do it like if I'm playing like search and destroy fucking on hardcore in call of duty. Like if I'm like the last guy alive, I like get like really fucking into it. Um, same thing with when I get scared in a game, I'm just like, we gotta get the fuck through this. We gotta survive. Yeah. And even myself, I like, I don't play this kind of stuff, but you know, uh, obviously I've, I've played games and, and had jump scares happen to me in the past. And you know, I usually, it's usually just like a fuck. You know, real mm -hmm. quick, and then I'm I'm done. So, um, but it's interesting, and it also makes for good you know content online for people who like to watch people play horror games. That for sure, and also I prefer them experiment with it and mm -hmm. see if they can come up with something from it than not try it at all. Yeah, uh, especially if a game kind of like forces you to do it. Like I think a good example is like Phasmo, um, where uh, there are ways to like you know 
interact with yep. the, the the spirit ghost poltergeist whatever you're you're you know going against um so yeah i think there are interesting ways to handle it for sure the thing about phasma though it's uh that's interesting is a lot of times if you're the one talking and the ghost is irritated by people talking it'll just come over and kill you so yeah. like a lot of times someone's reading something and it just walks over and chokes them out it's like oh shit okay <laughs> but uh i think it'd be cool to experiment in a game where it wants you to talk and to not only just like punish you for talking at the wrong time but maybe have a system where it gauges how loud you're talking so it's like you need to read this like some kind of incantation but like keep it at the like gamify it like keep it at this level so you're just like you know trying to like keep it quiet but like you know not make too much noise and then get punished for that that'd be kind of neat but yeah when i played don't scream it's like you better not scream where you get killed well i don't know what it's like to get killed in that game because i never fucking made a noise well outside of like you know uh these more how do I word this traditional like horror styles with like ghosts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you were just playing a game like this and maybe it was like, you know, uh, a psychopath instead of a, a you know, an, a supernatural thing, maybe you could try to like talk to calm them down in moments and stuff like mm-hmm. that, or like mess with them. Um, and that would add an element of stress as well. So, but, or if you, could and no one's really done it yet but if you could have a conversation or at least it could understand certain words you're saying like the ghost can and phasmophobia but like other npc characters i mean that's not too far away that you need to talk to them but also there's like a killer walking around so you have to do it quietly and choose when to speak Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things you could do with that so yeah i I like that they're even experimenting with this well and, and with um you know ai stuff the way it's going um I don't think we're too far away from stuff like that. Sure. Games, so five years tops. And that's yeah. a long time. Um, yeah. But other than that though, I, I think the atmosphere is good. Um, I wouldn't play it. So I, <laughs> that's probably a good sign. Yeah. Uh, not for them trying to sell a game to people, but I'm not their audience. Uh, and uh, I kind of like the, uh, like this part, for example, uh, where the, the, entity is like crawling towards them or whatever kind of gives mm-hmm. me like ring vibes oh uh, for sure but uh yeah i'm sure I'd, i would enjoy watching some play but yeah no no way in hell i would play it myself yeah i uh i definitely am interested in playing this and it's coming out soon so i could i could totally see myself picking it up and trying it out and if i do that i'll, I'll make a video or something on it because that's always fun but um the game the game does look cool i think it looks graphically good did it say if it's on unreal or not I wouldn't be surprised I if it is. Catch that. I just saw the Steam logo. Just more and more, I'm seeing indie developers making really good-looking games. I assume it's all either Unity or uh, Unreal. Now the Unity pissed everyone off. I assume it's Unreal, but uh, it's amazing how influential PT was. And there's just a tech demo. It wasn't even a fucking game uh, because so many games now are like these, like you know, super detailed, intimate, close-range horror settings that remind me of PT. But you know even before that silent hill for the room was like that as well in a lot of ways so um i i like it i think it's cool that uh people are exploring uh horror in tight quarters i think it is kind of more scary when you don't feel like you have a whole lot of places to run um i think it's one of the things that makes phasmophobia so fucking scary is like you just walk into someone's house it's like it's just a house but like there's not a whole lot of places it's free to run mm-hmm. you just gotta like hide um and so that's that's pretty cool uh graphics are good though i already kind of talked about that the scares uh the crawling i think does look good 
Um, I do think it's kind of played out though, uh, having people crawling at you in horror, but um, it, I think it looks good and it's it's creepy for sure. But I think the flashlight seeing the shadow and then flashing out uh, was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, that's not something I would expect to see. I also swear, I, I, I'll have to double check, but I thought when I looked at this window, I saw a shape, but maybe that's just me being so afraid right now that uh, from this trailer, I'm just terrified that I'm seeing things. But uh, maybe, just look over there real quick. Let me see. No, maybe not. I, th- I thought I saw someone at that window, but... Um, Anyway, uh, there's a lot of creative things you could do, and it looks like they are doing that. So I'm, uh, yeah, no one. Um, I'm stoked to see what kind of scares they can they can cook up in a game like this. So, um, yeah. And with these indie horror games, I feel like there's a lot to prove too. So they got to uh, really think of things uh, horror wise that will get people to talk about their game because you can just do generic shit and you'll be forgotten about. So hopefully this dude can, uh, can, can bring the scares of this game, but overall definitely interested. This is a game that I definitely would pick up, uh, and play. Um, I would just like some more info on it, but it's coming out so soon. I feel like he's just going to drop it. So, and then people will, uh, judge from there. So yeah. Anything else you want to say on it? All right. Let us know in the comments. What do you guys think about super normal? Are you excited for it? You're not excited for it. What do you think about this? Um, vocal audio, gauging mechanic that people are putting in their horror games do you think it's a gimmick do you think it's something that could turn something more interesting or something you'd like to see from that moving forward and uh we think about horror games in general and indie horror games and do you have any recommendations for me let me know everything you think about in the comments below when it comes to all that shit um all right next video we got is for a game called mouse uh which i've seen kind of making a splash lately um before the video plays uh i've seen this kind of all over the place but i haven't watched the whole trailer yet because i was like that's a game i 100 want to react to and talk about on tasty cast so this will be my first time watching the whole thing but basically from what i've gathered it is a first person shooter that's kind of taking the um cuphead 1920s, approach yeah. very 1920 uh animated look um, which I think is really neat and very unexplored, uh, considering only one of the game really has done something similar to this. And it's not a first person shooter. So, and first person shooters are definitely, definitely more my speed. So, um, really interested to watch this and, uh, react to it. Do you have any thoughts? Uh, I saw it? a little bit on TikTok. Uh, I don't want to say too much cause you know, we'll have a discussion at the end, but, uh, I, I do think, um, like you said, it's good. It's pretty unexplored, you know, kind of area. Um, so I always kind of welcome it cause it's like a breath of fresh air. So. Yep. Yeah, definitely. I'm always looking for, um, I mean, I think it's not to compare the two, but I think it's one of the reasons why the finals is doing so well right now is because people are like, just like another call of duty, another, right. another not as well made as the earlier battlefields battlefield, uh, you know, things are kind of fucking stagnant right now when it comes to first person shooters. And, True. um, and so, you know, you get something like the finals where it's like, oh shit, it's a really nice looking game. It plays really well and it's got a different idea. Mm. Um, and then this, I'm looking at this, I'm like, well, that fucking looks different than everything else that sure. instantly has my attention. In fact, from what I've seen on this game so far, and we'll watch and we'll talk about it. If the game has any kind of progression at all, I am sold because, uh, I can play it for the visual gimmick, but I also, if there's, you know, a reason to invest time into it outside of the visual gimmick. Um, it might be worth my time. So yeah. So should we watch this? Yeah. 
And then uh, we'll react to it and talk about it. This is Mouse official early gameplay trailer in uh, 3, 2, 1, go. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That animation right there is like really impressive looking. Yeah. Because the environments, even though it has like um, that monochromatic uh, shading, mm -hmm. it's not self shaded, but the character models are. Right. Almost like new age, like Wolf 3D style yeah. thing going on. Yeah, the, like your perspective, the gun looks like flat, but then like you see it moving and it's just self shaded, but it's really neat. Alright, Mouse. Coming in 2025, so what we're seeing here, which already looks impressive to me. Signal. That was seamless. Um, already looks impressive to me, has a whole other year to be in development, so I'm really curious to see what they bring to the table. Real quick, too, I wanted to see if there's any information. It says, uh, if you got to see this early gameplay trailer from Mouse, described by developer Fumi, Games as gritty and noir-fueled first-person shooter that draws inspiration from classic cartoons of the 1930s. It aims to do for the FPS what Cuphead did for the run-and-gun shoot, run-and-gun shooter. Um, Mouse is due out PC 2025, so there's some info. Uh, what do we think? Uh, honestly, I think it looks it looks cool. Though I think they're really toeing a line with the um, the company that shall not be named. <laughs> so who mouse black and white cartoon oh yeah so yeah yeah i got you yeah um yeah obvious influence yeah uh risky uh, i would say but who knows maybe that maybe the lawyers don't care enough man if uh, if if they really want to piss more people off they could uh you know seek legal means against these guys that would be really fucking shitty yeah i don't think it's in their best interest right now to be making uh more mistakes right now but yeah um agreed. yeah no the game looks cool uh almost gives me kind of like this is gonna be maybe a weird example like kind of bioshocky vibes in like the the like the ui and stuff is so i'm oh yeah for sure um i'm wondering if it's just gonna be you know just a story centric like bioshock-esque style style game so um, you know, depending on, on, you know, what I hear when it comes out in two years, uh, I might pick it up actually. Cause I do like, um, first or single player shooters. So if they have a, you know, a reason to play them. So it's bold of them to go black and white as well. Cause a lot of people don't prefer black and white stuff. Um, obviously it fits the aesthetic and the visual style speaks for itself, but, um, I think it's interesting that they, they're committing to a fully black and white game. Yeah. Because uh, I just know people hate black and white stuff. So also, just as a, a, a fan of animation, like the the character animations are just awesome to watch. So yeah, it's funny because like the shooting looks like fine. It doesn't look amazing. Doesn't look bad. Um, the environments look decent, but like they're not cel shaded, so it's like you know they're not uh, as noticeable. But um, and the gun looks really good, but like when I look at the character models, I'm actually really impressed with the way they move because mm -hmm. they look like animation. Um, I definitely 
you know, very reminiscent of Cuphead, which I still think looks like amazing. Anytime I see that game, I'm just still kind of blown oh, away no, that, that, that game age well. That someone thought, yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, like uh, it's it's such a gorgeous looking game, mm-hmm. so creative. Um, couldn't praise that game enough in terms of how it looks. So yeah, this game definitely has a similar vibe. Uh, as for the gameplay itself, it looks it looks good enough. Um, you know, it does look kind of simple in the way it is just a first person shooter. But uh, earlier he shot uh, a dude and his head came flying off. Uh, so, yeah, you're getting, you know, at least some dynamic results to taking out enemies. Um, we see environmental hazards like shooting that uh, piano. So they have more uh, to offer than just, you know, basically playing Wolfenstein because, um, you know, uh like I said before, the visual gimmick will only carry the game so far. If it's if it's you know a very basic shooter, you know people are gonna play through and forget about it. But um, hopefully, you know has has fun gameplay as well. Um, I'm also curious to see if it's like gonna be a campaign story based uh, game or if it's gonna be like a roguelite because I've been playing a lot of first person roguelites lately. Um, I have a feeling it's gonna be story based since they said it's like based like you know it's basically a noir. But uh, we'll see. And yeah, the more I'm looking at this, the more I am seeing Bioshock. Because even the menu earlier when he was interacting with things kind of reminded me of uh, Bioshock. Mm. So it's probably inspired uh, UI-wise at least. Um, but yeah, this was like a really pleasant surprise when this dropped out of nowhere. Um, I saw this you know, all over X and I was like, man, that's fucking cool. And now seeing the whole trailer, I, I do think it looks really cool. Definitely on my radar. Definitely a game that I can't wait to see more of. And uh you know, if this dropped now, I'd pick it up. So whole year from now, I'll definitely be picking this up. Um, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Anything else to say? Nope. All right. Let us know in the comments what you guys think about Mouse official early gameplay trailer. Also, how'd you get that name? Mouse? Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised that it's just Mouse. Um, there's a lot of things that could have named it, but I'm just going with that. And people will, uh, it'll be easy to remember. Let us know what you think of Mouse. Does it look interesting to you? Does it not look interesting to you? Is there anything in the trailer that you noticed that uh, was a highlight for you? Anything that uh, we didn't talk about? And, uh, yeah, what do you think about this style? Would you like to see more games like this? I'd almost like to see somebody take the same approach to a fighting game in a similar style. Uh, The closest thing to that is, like, what was that game? Skullgirls or something? But that game is definitely not of that quality. But, uh I really love how people are doing this. So, or maybe other animation art styles that aren't like, you know, just anime, but like, you know, cause there's plenty of art styles that have existed that, uh, there's that one game that came out like a month or two ago that looks like, um, kind of like 80 style heavy metal animation. Yeah. 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 It was like, like the old a, school eighties. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. And I thought that was really neat too. Cause I've never seen that before. So I'm mm. kind of loving that people are exploring, uh, these different art styles. Someone could do like a fucking Lord of the Rings 70s style art style too in a game. That'd be kind of interesting. Ooh, that or like would a, be interesting as a word. Or like, <laughs> <laughs> or like a, you know, very 90s style cartoon yeah. um, animation. I think would be really neat. So uh, there was that other game too during the Game Awards uh, that had an interesting art style. What was that game? I fully forgot. I can't remember, but it had a really unique art style as well. I don't remember the name of it either, but I know exactly what you're talking uh, about. Yeah, I I always welcome that kind of stuff because, you know, it's really easy to make a hyper realistic game. And I do prefer that over cartoony most of the time, unless cartoony brings something. 
um, outside of just being cell shaded or even stylized but sometimes sti the stylized aspects of a game are sometimes just like you know particle effects and lighting it's yeah. not anything you know super great looking but then i always think back to and i think it's really smart in retrospect but they said this when they released the game guild wars 2 mm. they wanted to design in a way that looked like oil painting basically because they wanted the game and smart for an mmo to have an art style that even if the graphics depreciate the style will carry it and i think it did because even you know when i played like a year ago i was like you know this game is definitely getting older but uh, i think it still looks nice so uh, if you make a good art style it'll carry the game oh for sure so um yeah nothing else nope all right well let us know what you think of this game and we are moving on to the next video which is tekken 8 the final preview this is via ign this is somebody who has played the game talking about it this comes out in january i believe so it's coming out very soon uh they might have it right here let's see do you see a release nope nope I th well i'm sure he'll tell us in this video but anyway he's going to go through and kind of talk about all the things that are in tekken 8 this is a game that uh, i'm very excited for because i love tekken but uh i know we both um were fairly happy with the online capabilities and hub stuff that they're going to be adding to tekken 8 hmm. uh the last time we watched that so um i am just really curious about tekken 8 because the bar has been raised this year in fighting games which I've been waiting for to happen for a while. And uh, with that bar being raised, if you release a fighting game, you have to try and meet that bar now. Um, otherwise, you know, the nostalgia, I mean, look at Virtual Fighter. Like, you know, you can play it because you're like, I love Virtual Fighter back in the day, but you'd play it now and go like, it's not bringing it. Like, even for me with Soul Calibur, I love Soul Calibur, but now I'm like, I need like a, a new modern Soul Calibur that can compete with all these games that are out now because there's features in these new fighting games that I'm like, I want that in my fighting game. Um, namely, Street Fighter VI. I think it's just like a very well and fantastic fighting game. I'm not the biggest Street Fighter guy. So sure. I'm hoping I'm hoping Tekken 8 can bring features and with their online capability, the stuff they're doing, um, it seems like it's going to be bringing it in that regard but uh you know what else is it bringing so i'm really excited to watch this preview but i'm also just like this isn't gonna sell me any further on the game i'm picking it up when it comes out so you anything to say i i mean i maybe not the best or the biggest uh tekken fan but i do have to have just a general interest in fighting games so um and i'm looking forward to seeing what it could bring because you know, who knows, maybe this will be the one that makes me want to, you know, actually like sit down and like learn the inner workings of it. And I have been eyeballing um, uh, joystick-less joysticks lately, so. Joystick-less joysticks? Yeah. The fuck is that? Fight sticks. The, 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 instead of having a joystick, it's four buttons, like an up, down, left, right, that your hand just rests on like this. Oh. Yeah. I'd have to watch a video on that. I I wish I could just like have like the buttons of a of a pad, but then have the D pad of a controller. I'm sure you probably can now, but yeah, I watched a couple of videos. There's a small tangent time. Uh, there's uh, one called a snack box, which is like super small, fits in your pocket, um, customizable switches and That's stuff like that for too. The fucking fighter on the go. And then uh, the other one is like a. M box or something like that. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but it's a little bit bigger, but it also has multiple layers of the 
um, acrylic so you can make like you can have it customized to put pictures so it'll make it look like you have 3d images and stuff so you can mm. make a custom fight stick out of it as well so and they're like 250 dollars oh, roughly so that's not bad not too bad for what it is so it is definitely a specialty item so it's going to cost more but. yeah well you buy a pro controller for that price as well so yeah so yeah i've been kind of eyeballing them because i do i do like this part the the other button part of a fighting game but yeah i'm not a big fan of the joystick but also like you know if i can have that experience with like basically what's a glorified d-pad on the on the right or left of the the pad i i think it might be worth in the long run because it's supposed to be better for your your wrists anyways to play on that kind of stick so oh i'm sure yeah now i want to look into fighting sticks i don't even play enough fighting games nowadays to probably buy play more one. if you had one <laughs> Yeah, maybe i mean i buy peripherals for shell time and i sit there so that's true um yeah anyway let's watch this yep. and uh we'll talk about it this is 10 minutes and uh yeah uh three two one go the first fight in tekken 8 story mode would probably be the finale in just about any other fighting game a multi-stage knockdown drag out slobber knocker between jin kazama and kazuya mishima that results in a crashed helicopter leveled buildings, and an aerial sequence that wouldn't be out of place in the Matrix Revolutions or Man of Steel. All of this to say, it's incredibly hype. This isn't a spoiler, by the way. It's the first 10 to 15 minutes, and it only gets more interesting from there. That could be a spoiler. But before we get into all that, let but me we set sell the us in the trailer, so introduce the players. I'm glad to know that it's the beginning of the game that they showed off. I spent about three hours playing Tekken 8 this past week. I started with the story mode. From the word go, you'll notice how incredible everything looks, to the point that certain transitions between cinematics and gameplay are sometimes hard to spot. And then there are the fights themselves. Alternatively brutal, wild, and unique affairs that change depending on what's happening in the story. Yeah, yeah, what right struck now. me most was how intimate many of the fights felt. Things going badly for your character in the cinematics, you might start the next scrap at lower health, or be unable to use certain techniques. Alternatively, you might also have access to special moves that would be too powerful for normal play, or gain access to new stuff when the plot calls for it. There's hmm. a sense of continuity and escalation story, to the fights I mean, that many fine. fighting game yeah. story modes don't have, and being able to fight the same character several times in succession help sell the uniqueness of their fighting styles, their relationships with the other fighters, and the stakes at play. I'll spoil as little as possible, but by the time I was out of the first chapter, the stage was set for the next King of Iron Fist tournament, old faces were banding together to take down Kazuya, fan favorites were fighting it out for tournament Fran slots, favorites. Shin was facing down his literal demons. Kazuyu was hamming it up for the cameras, and new characters like Reina were adding an air of mystery to the whole affair. That's clean looking. Oh, yeah. How did it all play <laughs> it out? Suffers the I same problem know, a lot of anime but I was excited does, for like, each fight. You could tell which characters in fact, I was so invested like in the whole thing that, that oh, sure. I really didn't recognize there, the point at which I was supposed to stop playing. Whoops. Producers Katsuhiro Harada and Michael Murray couldn't give me an exact length for Tekken 8 story mode. But they did say that it would be about one and a half times as long as Tekken 7s, which is impressive given the sense of scale and attention to detail on display, hmm. as well as how many members of the main cast were meaningfully involved in the sections I saw. 
Of course, that number doesn't include the individual character episodes, one for each of the 32 members of Tekkenate's launch oh, roster. That's that new uh, which French I samurai guy. wasn't allowed to touch. This looks fucking dope. After about an hour with the story mode, I switched over to Arcade Quest. Though I could have gone to almost Enough anywhere in the Bella. large part of Tekken 8 Bandai Namco made available to me. I picked Arcade Quest for two reasons. First, because as someone who found my love of fighting games in the arcades of yesteryear, I was eager to see how Tekken Project had approached the mode after seeing so much of it, but being unable to play it during our October IGN First coverage. Second, because Murray told me Tekken Project envisioned Arcade Quest being the second stop for most players after they completed the story mode. I wanted to see how well that path worked. If the story mode and father-son showdown between Jin Kazama and Kazuya Mishima is where most lapsed and first-time players will be introduced to Tekken's story and world, Arcade Quest is where they'll pick their character and start their journey toward Tekken mastery. This mode drops you into the shoes of a Tekken newbie who has joined up with a squad of Tekken fans excited about Tekken 8. After witnessing a tournament won by the Dang. only thing that matters is winning, Orochi, who unsurprisingly looks like, dresses like, and plays as Kazuya Mishima, your crew decides to enter the Tekken World I Tour and an prove him wrong in the most seriously. fighting game way possible <laughs> by punching him in the virtual face. First, though, you'll need to learn how to play Tekken, and that's just what Good. Arcade Quest is designed to do. Your friend Max, something of a Tekken expert, will sit down and show you the basics teaching you how to do basic combos or use mechanics like heat smash. They In definitely, a normal fighting game, fighting games you'd need to improve be on sped that, along so. to the next lesson. But after Max yeah, teaches you a couple of things, you're turned loose in Gong, your small We think there's like a new feature in the game, which, like explain it to me like to fucking, Murray, you know, is more a representative of a like, Japanese arcade simple. than some of the other ones you'll encounter later on. From there, you're free to challenge other players, each with their own different playstyles. Of course, you've got your core group of friends. Prim is all about using Tekken's character customization to show off her style, and her character reflects that. Beat is also new to Tekken, and focuses on landing flashy moves. Nick is the competitive type, and secretly hopes to farm you for rank points. And Max, Max just wants you to have fun. You can challenge anyone you run into. Each one seems designed to teach you something. One will use different wake-up options each time to throw you off guard. Another really likes to I use his heat attacks. My favorite was a player hidden in the back who is a much higher rank than everyone else at Gong. He played an absolutely nasty Feng Wei and smoked me both times I played him. And this was to have that AI system. As you play, too, Max will give you, you challenges to complete using the things he's taught you, and you'll snag rewards for doing so. Other characters will offer rewards for completing certain tasks, like using a heat smash or performing a specific launcher when you play them. Meanwhile, a selection of your character's useful moves will be displayed on screen to help you get started. I used the opportunity to learn Victor, as I hadn't had a chance to play him in previous builds. His fast and flashy, sword and gun focused style is just as cool as it looks in his trailer. Good, he looks fucking awesome. I debated sticking with him for my whole run with Arcade Quest, but then I had an idea. Since I was going to learn about my character just by playing them in this mode, why not also play Reyna, the other totally new addition to the cast? I fell in love with her immediately, mostly because she reminded me of Lydia, the Prime Minister of Poland, and my main from Tekken 7. If she also had electrics, a fast, aggressive stance character with great buttons and good damage, yes please. 
Plus, she's got some great costumes, and there's her matches sitting on a throne. It's not to like. I stuck with her almost exclusively during the rest of my time with Tekken 8, taking breaks only for Azucena and Leroy. It's a crazy stage. After playing around in training mode to get a better glimpse of Reyna's kit, running a few sets with a friend who also happened to be there, good games, Kai, and sitting down for some Tekken Ball, which is just as good and ridiculous as you remember. Oh yeah, dude, I can't wait. I hopped into Super Ghost Battle. I got in a glimpse of it during the CBT, but here there was a huge list of ghosts to challenge, so I started at the bottom and worked my way up. Interesting. Ghosts are still remarkably impressive. They play like real people, tendencies and all, for better and worse. Like to default to a particular round start option? Your ghost will do that too. Move a certain way? Ditto for your ghost. Default towards certain wake-up and oki options? Your ghost will emulate it. But what impressed me most was just how fast the ghosts learn. And I'm not just talking about your ghost, which will greatly resemble you after just a few games and quite literally learns on the fly. I'm talking about started responding to my offense and forcing me to go to the next layer levels of learning in real time. The sort of thing you see from real players, particularly at higher levels of play. Obviously, the ghost was just reacting the way the player is based on would, but when I sat down with Harada and Murray after my play session, I had to ask how they did this. Fighting game AI is notoriously tricky to implement, and even the best ones often default to patterns that are easy to notice if you pay attention. That was just how the ghosts worked, they told me, and yes, they did learn in real time. Harada speculated that Tekken 8's Ghost might be the highest level AI available in any fighting game. We'll need to play the final game I mean, to I know for sure, it, but based on what it. I've seen so far, I'm not inclined to disagree. I left the event feeling that way about much of Tekken 8. It's rare for a fighting game to truly move the needle and advance the genre because of how well established and codified it is. Even truly great fighters often don't manage to do it. But over the last few years, we've had several fighters, from Guilty Gear Strive to Street Fighter VI, push the genre forward in exciting ways. Tekken 8 feels like it has the potential to be the next name on that list. It's a tall order and we won't know until January. But if you told me Tekken 8 was highly seated in its bracket, I'd believe you. We'll just have to wait until January to run the sets and find out how everything holds up on the biggest stage, when the lights are shining brightest. For more, check out our preview of Alone in the Dark, and for everything else uh, in the world I'm of good. gaming, keep it locked. I'm fucking good on that. Thanks, though. <laughs> All right, uh, what we think? I mean, it looks good. Uh, you know, there's only so much I can, like, see before, you know, I've, I've seen the game. I just need to be able to play it. It is a fighting game, so. Yeah, if that, if that demo is out, I'm going to be downloading that. Yeah, it should so be out now. So I really want to know how this this game uh, feels. Uh, though that was advertised to me via the PlayStation uh, Twitter account, so I don't know if that's a demo on everything or just on PlayStation. So mm. just kind of throwing that out there. I'm not yeah, 100% that's fair. sure. Um, yeah, no, it looks cool. Uh, you know, I definitely I'm curious. The same way I'm still curious about Mortal Kombat, and I haven't picked it up yet. So yeah, I have a genuine interest in trying that game out. I just. Uh, it's not a priority for me. Same. I'm not the biggest Mortal Kombat fan, though I do appreciate it 
a lot because I do think it has done a lot, uh, especially in the casual uh, field for for fighting games because it oh, offers for sure an entire you know very long, well done story. But I mean, so does Injustice, uh, the same company, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, another room, and I think that's something fighting games are missing most of the time. Like they have storylines, but they're usually pretty cut and dry, and you know. Uh, I do think Tekken probably has the closest thing to uh, like a whole story that you can you try to follow uh, than a lot of fighting games do just because they've been doing it for a while as well. Yeah, even back on like PlayStation, they're really mm-hmm. pushing a storyline. It was yeah. ridiculous, but I mean, like, you know, my my favorite Guilty Gear still has like a story going on, but it's not you know, always told well. And that's just like yeah. a, a common problem with fighting games anyways. So uh, that being said. Uh, it is cool that even like in this video, they kind of explained the very first fight is just, you know, very story heavy and, and a multi tiered set piece, you know, to kind of like get you excited and thrown into the game, you know, with a, you know, a very flashy beginning, which is cool. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it looks cool. I, I will probably also download the demo because, you know, why not? So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's coming out fucking soon. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't have to wait too much longer, but yeah, I, I do want to try it out because I'm just excited to try it. Um, yeah, the game's looking good. Uh, it's bringing a lot of the features I'm hoping for. Uh, it's bringing a lot of new features that uh, is really exciting as well because I do think to be competitive in the genre, you need to be bringing stuff that you can't just be following other people and what they're doing. You got to match them and also offer new things. Um, obviously, your preference in fighter comes down you know, it's going to dictate a lot of uh, who's playing what anyway. I do prefer Tekken over Street Fighter, but Street Fighter's quality and features are just so good that it makes me want those from other games as well. And so that they are doing that. Um, I love that they're doing the stuff with the AI. Mm-hmm. That's if that is implemented well and it feels good, everybody's going to have to do that because uh, to be able to simulate playing against other people without playing against them might not sound that enticing like for some people. Maybe you're purely competitive. You're like, I don't give a fuck about the AM. I'm just going to fight real people. I also like fighting against real people, but I also like the idea of like checking out someone's bot basically and fighting it and training mine and stuff like that. I think it's a really neat thing on a tech uh, standpoint, but also for people who don't want to fight against real people like you and plenty of people. Um, you can get a simulated experience like that with no pressure. It's private, you know, that I'm sure the person's bot will have the stats of like, oh, your bot fought this many people today and, you know, won and lost and shit. But, uh, you know, it's it's disconnected enough to not feel as like intimate of like, oh, shit, I really got to be on my A game fighting this random person. So uh, I think it's a really neat system. The hub also is very cool looking. We talked about that last time, but I like that it has like this training arcade uh, with like kind of the pseudo story of these characters um, with personalities, different things they want to teach you. I think it's really neat. Um, And if there's stuff to unlock doing that, I think it'd be also smart because um, it would incentivize people to really learn the game outside of, uh, you know, shit, I got to learn the game. I'm going to force myself to play through the tutorial. Mm -hmm. Be also kind of cool to, you know, play through it learn the game and get rewarded for it so although i do think it's neat they're adding character to it there's someone talking and you know they're this like he said that that guy's like enthusiastic about wanting you to get good at the game while other people are like i want to i want to beat you or i want to show you how to customize your character so i think it's a it's a nice touch um yeah other than that 
game looks really good graphically and gameplay wise. I can't wait to play it. Um, I can't wait to stop filming so I can go download it. And I'll tell you guys what I think of it uh, on the next taste cast. But uh, but yeah, we're looking really cool. And I and I'm happy to see that you know Tekken does look like it's doing the things I'm hoping for. So because I get worried about that, just like whenever they make another Soul Caliber, I'm like, is it going to be like the last three Soul Calibers just slightly upgraded, or like are we actually you know starting fresh and building a brand new game? Because uh, as much as I love Soul Calibur, like the last couple have kind of felt like reiterations of the Soul Calibers we've gotten in the past. I still prefer to go back and play like Soul Calibur 2, Soul Calibur 3, Soul Calibur 4 uh, than the newer ones. Soul Calibur 1's fun to play still, but that game feels unbalanced compared to the later ones. So, um, yeah, it's fun to play, but not as good. Um, yeah. That's going for new Soul Calibur, new Dead or Alive. I'll be happy. Anything else? Nope. All right, let us know in the comments what do you guys think about Tekken 8. Are you excited or not excited? Have you played the demo by the time this has come out? And are you picking this up? What's your favorite fighting game? Let me know everything you think about in the comments below. It's that time again where we reflect reflect on past episodes and we read your comments. We got a couple of videos uh, where we will be reading your comments. Also uh, type in hashtag STLG on your comment to help me find comments you guys want to be read on the show. Otherwise, I pick at random. All right, so uh, we reacted to the Grand Theft Auto 6 official teaser, or when that wasn't even a teaser trailer, trailer, mm-hmm. and uh, it was huge news. It still is being talked about and... Um, I'm really fucking excited about it. You guys uh, watch, you guys know, and if you haven't, go check it out. But we got some comments uh, quite a bit. Um, I'm not going to read them all, but uh, I'll read a couple. Uh, Let's see. Um, I'll read this one from uh, Flapjack Daddy. I'm glad you shortened your name Uh, because... When we were reacting to this, I completely forgot Bonnie and Clyde. And then when I was editing it, I was like, Bonnie and Clyde is what I was talking about. So uh, Flapjack Daddy uh, let me know when I said, uh, I think I said uh, Delma and Louise. Uh, Bonnie and Clyde is who you're thinking of. I'm going to have to wait and see what they say about the PC release. If it's their typical one plus year wait for PC, I'll have to rebuy the PS5 because I'm not all caps waiting a year to play i'll play it again on pc but there's no way i'm not playing this on original release i'm on the same page exactly i will play this wherever i can when i can when it comes out um i would also not be opposed to buying again on pc i literally did that with red dead redemption 2 um and i loved playing on both uh when it first came out it was amazing to play on uh you know console but then when it came out on pc um it was just amazing looking, so it's definitely worth it. Um, I wish Rockstar would just release them on both, but for some reason they released them on console first. I read somewhere that it had to do with sales. They have, um, if they can prioritize console and ship it on console good, um, they're going to get more sales there than if they did it on both. So I don't know. Also, well, also when you run into things like you've just said where – you're going to buy it on release regardless, and then you'll rebuy it on PC. They're yeah. probably counting on that. Yeah, that's a good point, but I won't take it back. They also said there's a lot more that goes into getting the game out when you're planning on console and PC because on PC, and this is obvious to anyone who has PC or knows mm-hmm. thing about PC, but everyone's got different PCs. So there's way more to have to test. Oh, yeah. Um, 
so I think they just try to get the game out, and then after that, they start planning on the PC aspect of it. So, yeah. Uh, thank you for the comment, Flap, Flapjack Daddy. <laughs> I keep wanting to say like the whole name, but I'm glad I don't have to. Uh, we got another one from uh, Jeremy. Every time I see your last name, I don't know how to say it correctly. Mikod, Mikod. Uh, I want Rockstar to make the next Mass Effect game. What do you think about that? <coughs> uh, I'm conflicted on that one. I, I don't play Rockstar games, and I like Mass Effect, so that kind of throws me for a loop a little bit. Um, I don't think I'd want that. I think I'd want someone who specializes in um, you know, more of the type of game. In fact, I would say... Uh, even though it wouldn't be the same type of game anymore, but I think Larian would probably be a better choice just because a lot of what Mass oh, Effect for is, sure, is, uh, yeah. is the conversation stuff. Yeah. So, um, but I don't want Larian to necessarily jump into making a, a shooter either. So I don't know. It's hard. I don't have any examples off the top of my head right now. I'm sure some people would probably point the finger at uh, Bethesda, but I would not want them touching it. Um, but I'm not the biggest Bethesda fan. So. Yeah, we don't want them to touch that either. But yeah, uh, I just want there to be a good Mass Effect game. Uh, and if Boxer were the one to make it, not that this is happening. Um, as long as it's still Mass Effect, I'll, I'll be, I'd be fine. But Yeah, I don't want them to make the next Mass Effect at all, but I do want to see Rockstar make a sci-fi game. Um, I've been thinking about that for a long time, and after playing their last like two games... Um, if they made an open world sci-fi game, they, there wouldn't be any competition for them because nobody makes games like Rockstar does. So for them to make Mass Effect, though, I get why you're saying that. But um, I think the biggest strengths of Mass Effect are not the things Rockstar prioritizes. Um, and so it would probably be a dope game, but it probably wouldn't feel like Mass Effect. It probably would just look like it if it was part of that. So I would like to see them make an original uh, sci-fi game or It'd be cheesy, but like, you know, a futuristic Grand Theft Auto or something like that. Uh, I, I would prefer like a new IP, um, but that would be fucking crazy. That would be huge, especially if they did what they do with their games already and have like multiplayer elements to it. Um, I think that would be the fucking move. And I'd be really excited for that um, because they've already nailed modern day games. They've nailed, uh, you know, cowboy era games. Um, I think they could nail, um, you know a blade runner cyberpunk esque style game for sure. So it wouldn't be too far out of their wheelhouse outside of having to make, you know, like flying cars and laser weapons and jetpack type shit, but they could do that. So yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Psycho scream says those be alligators in Florida, by the way, cause I said crocodiles cause I just get those confused and I got them confused there. So thank you for the correction. Uh, can't wait for it though. Me neither. Uh, let's see. Zender Zagato. I'm just going to read all these. Fuck it. Uh, Zender Zagato said, uh, just hope it won't be a 2027 PC release. Not even that into GTA either. But it feels like a cultural event. I always tell people, regardless if you like Grand Theft Auto, uh, when Rockstar makes a game, it's an event in gaming. Because yeah. um, it's not just about the game. It's about what they're bringing in tech, what they're doing for the genre, because they lead the genre and then they hold the genre hostage. Like nobody, nobody fucking, no one's even caught up to Grand Theft Auto Five. So like they, they don't have competition. And they released this thing not that long ago going like, you know, we're very respectful and we worry about the competition. Someone could come in and do something and, it would, you know, we'd have to react to it. And it's like, who? <laughs> you, I mean, someone could. 
So, right. Yeah, it, no, we, yeah. yeah, they're not wrong, but like fucking, you know, a meteor could hit the fucking planet at some point. Like, <laughs> I mean, Larian came out and made a, you know, a game that exists in a genre better than everyone else with money could. And a genre that most people didn't care about. Yeah. So, yeah, there's always, there's always, I mean, you know, at one point MySpace was the, the social media and then uh, someone else took over and then now Facebook is, you know, floundering. So there's always someone who can show up and, and, and take you over. But, uh, so it's good. They're thinking that way, but I, it's not happening anytime soon. So yeah, unless, unless, and I hope I'm fuck, like, this is impossible. The next Grand Theft Auto sucks. Yeah, I think that'd be hard. It would be hard. But if that game came out and people were like super disappointed with it or whatever, that'd be the perfect time for somebody to be like, oh, okay. That's said, a great time for us to show up. The story could be bad and people would still like it as long as the gameplay was good. That's where I'm at for sure. So. Yeah, the story could suck. Because, uh, you know, Grand Theft Auto 3's story is like whatever. 4 was pretty decent. 5 was cool. Did people play Grand Theft Auto to play? Grand Theft Auto. So. I've heard too many fucking people say they they the first thing they do in Grand Theft Auto is they didn't pay attention to the story. They stick around and blow shit up. And I'm like, I get that, you know. But um, I also like you know some of the the newer game stories. Right. So, um, okay, so that was oh, uh, and then yeah, 2027 PC release. Um, I hope not as well. I don't think it's that crazy sounding either, though. Yeah. 2026 maybe but let's hope not i'm good either way but i'd prefer to play it on pc when it comes out so hopefully it's a simultaneous um release uh ego border says i gotta say this didn't do didn't really do anything for me the graphical upgrade is obvious but otherwise i really didn't see anything that pulled me in i'll remain optimistic as the year unfolds i mean that's fair um for gameplay in the trailer i'm relying on that rockstar is going to make something great we didn't see anything really so um for gameplay didn't do anything for me but the promise of a new grand theft auto and just expecting something from rockstar i think is the biggest hype factor for me and then seeing it confirmed and seeing the graphics and seeing what the world looks like and even you mentioned the graphical upgrade is obvious um yeah it's kind of like um having faith in the project and then seeing what it at least looks like and a tone um, is the exciting aspect for me. Um, but yeah, we haven't seen, you know, the traditional Rockstar uh, gameplay previews that they do, the world overviews, gameplay overviews, stuff like that. So once those come out, that's where like my big hype will come from. Right now, it's just the confirmation. Um, but I respect that it didn't do anything for you. And uh, uh, yeah, remaining optimistic is always good. Anything you want to add? Um, I mean, not really. I'm kind of in the same boat with like, that didn't really do anything for me just because I, I know me when it comes to these games. Um, that being said, you know, I do think it is impressive. Uh, I just don't, I just know for a fact that I'm not going to play it. And the last time I convinced myself I would play it, I didn't. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Next one is psycho scream saying, man, vice city came out like 20 years ago or close to it. Glad to be back there. Yeah, I was hoping for a new city, but um, I do think it's interesting to play a modern version of a game that took place in the 80s. So um, it will be interesting. Uh, continuing, he says the only things 
Uh, I hope GTA 6 has is crossplay. Not really that important, but is nice though. I agree. I think everything needs it now. And a proper in-game private session, because in 5 you could only do story stuff and none of the extra stuff they added later. Yeah, when it comes to the multiplayer implementation, which you know they're going to do because they made and are making a shitload of money off of, and for good reason, it's a pretty robust online game. Um, I hope they do have crossplay, and I hope, 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 praying that they have a modern take. If there's one thing Rockstar is not setting the standards in and leading the way in in terms of what they do is their online implementation. Weird instances, random fucking uh, uh, placement of people in servers whenever you leave a mission, uh, partying up, all that kind of shit. They're not good at that. Um, and at this point they've had plenty of practice. So there's not really early on. I used to be like, well, it's the first time they've ever done like a fucking online open world thing. Uh, but now I'm like, you've guessed done this multiple times. I don't think you still have nailed it. It's just like Nintendo using friend code still. I'm like, yeah, it's not, it's not that great. Um, so yeah, with the newest one, I hope, I hope they can uh, make it a better experience. Um, and yeah, private, private servers. That'd be fucking great. If you could do that and not have to pay money for that. So we'll see what they do. But uh, I wouldn't expect that. I expect them to want you to be online with people. So we will see. Anything you want to add? Mm-mm. All right. Tom B says Rockstar again, pushing the boundaries and graphics and open world tech all at once. Agreed. Uh, I don't get why people think it's not in game. They never released any fake CGI stuff. Agreed. Uh, more so, though, uh, when I was saying that uh, more so is like, um, um, the doubt is like because the game looks so good and I'm used to the standard of other games showing stuff that looks so good that's not actually the game. Um, but then as you guys saw in real time, I was like, this is Rockstar though. Like they they literally make all their cinematics in-game engine. So you're seeing what the game looks like. Um, so if they didn't do that this time around, it would not be their typical move. So yeah. Uh, playing as a couple is dope. I bet you have missions where one can cheat on the other, etc. But regardless, it makes for an interesting dynamic for sure. There's a, a rumor going around where people think that the boyfriend is actually like an FBI agent or informant or something like that. And mm. people think that he's going to betray her or something, but that's a lot of speculation for a game that's coming out in 2025. Um, but yeah, I, I also think it's an interesting dynamic. I thought in Grand Theft Auto five, you made a game with three characters. Do you have to do this every time now? Because, like, you kind of set a bar there. What are you going to do next? It's like, if you go back to one character, you're going to be able to do it just fine. But, like, I don't know. There's, it almost seems like they got so ambitious with that that they're going to have to maintain that ambition. But changing it up with, like, two characters um, that the rumors say you'll be able to play both. But we'll see. I don't have any hard facts on that. Uh, it is an interesting dynamic, um, and it also changes things up. It's not just friends, you know, they're in a relationship of some kind. Um, and so it does allow for, um, some interesting storytelling. So I agree with you. Uh, the amount of tech that is working perfectly under the hood to accomplish all those things is jaw dropping, dude. I think Grand Theft Auto V's tech working together and Red Dead Redemption 2's tech working together is still jaw dropping. So couldn't agree with you more. Um, they are really the only OW games I play. Oh, open world. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. If you're going to play any, uh, those are good ones to play. Um, it's also fair, too, because um, as a person who likes to play everything, you watch regularly, so you know that already. Um, you know, I'll, I'll play whatever, but there are people out there who, you know, 
one or more linear experience. And I appreciate both. I like the sandbox aspect to a good sandbox open world game that has fun things to do, not just a vacant world. But, you know, when it comes to storytelling, I prefer a linear game. So um, there's definitely strengths to uh, to both. Uh, you have anything to add to any of that? Mm-mm. All right. So next one is from Ryder saying, I'm not worried about the overall detail level in AI inside activities, but activities, but I do hope they're putting similar effort into main game functions like combat and gunplay and movement as well. It's time for the classic dissonance between small details and fundamental gameplay drives in Rockstar Games to go. Uh, the graphics are very impressive for a game of this scale, though. 100% agree. Uh, they respectful, they respectably never pandered to the blue hair crowd. Doubt they'll start now. They're under no threat of being canceled given their status. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not too worried about that. There are a lot of people, there's some fucking really stupid. Not to offend anybody who might think this way, but there's like people out there going like, there's a girl main character of the game's woke. And I'm just like, is that, is that the fucking bar to just be like this, this game uh has um some kind of social agenda because the the character is female shout out like so yeah i i don't think they pandered to blue hairs but there are people out there who just saw a female in game and went like they're pandering to blue hairs and it's like how boring i was like oh my god you shut the fuck up and people are like a girl can't beat up people i'm like yeah but she's got a gun the gun's the great equalizer in in modern age. Like anybody can have a gun and they have power over somebody else instantly. Like, let's not get into this. It's a fucking video game. Um, True. Yeah. The Like if the game comes out and there's like very overly preachy stuff. Yeah. I'll be with everybody going like, yeah, shut up. Just make, make a fun game. But uh, from what we saw in that trailer, they're not pandering to anybody. That was straight up debaucherous Grand Theft Auto in theme. Uh, uh, stuff that that i'm used to from grand theft auto so um yeah i i agree with you it just reminded me that there's some really fucking there's so many stupid conversations happening in game right now it's mind-numbing but uh but we don't have those here so uh anyway uh yeah i agree with everything you're saying here um and i do agree that we can look at the detail level and the ai and talk about all the tech and stuff and kind of overlook core gameplay which um I think Rockstar is good at, but I think Rockstar has a tendency to, and some people appreciate, some people don't. Uh, they tend to, I think it's neat they do it, but sometimes it, it, it interacts with uh, gameplay in, in interesting ways. They tend to try and be as realistic as they can be. And so like the way your character moves doesn't flow as well as like a, just a really tight third person action game. Um, Cause your character actually has to pivot on this feet to turn when you press left on a stick. And so you, it, compared to some games might feel kind of laggy, not actual lag, but just kind of like it's lagging in movement. And then uh grand thought of forest cars were like really trying to be realistic to the point where they had like really crazy felt like multi-ton vehicles uh, that if you're driving like, you know, 50, and t- try and take a turn too quick, your car would just would not do it. Um, and so you get used to it, but those kind of things uh, do make the you know com- combat and, and gunplay and movement and stuff like that. And I do think Rockstar's gunplay on console still feels a little old school because it has that snap to target, then aim mm-hmm. thing that a lot of people online exploit. They'll just aim and then shoot Flick up. Yeah, and uh, that feels gamey, but it takes away from everything else that feels so fucking immersive. So yeah, Rockstar has some things they can improve on in terms of, you know, <laughs> gameplay, I guess, and networking, but 
uh, and those are all valid, but yeah, other things they just really exceed in. Like the world be living and breathing. Like there's nothing closer than they are to that. So, but completely valid thing to bring up. So, and I understand it. Anything else? All right. Next one is also from Tom B saying modern GTA and even RDR always uh, served as a social commentary of our Western society. This really looks uh, lit as fuck, not to even mention all the new features regarding policing counter behavior crowd NPC, which looks like now has an entire group behavior element to it. Yeah, I read that. Uh, physics and random events like car crashes. Yep. Uh, crazy drivers, people adding the sixth wanted star again, military, and all those secret encounters like Red Dead Redemption 2 had, which you'll stumble upon. I'm so stoked to see that in, in a Grand Theft Auto, but yeah, I know, know what you're talking about. Uh, by exploring and not marked on a map, I imagine scrolling through your in-game social media news feed will give you hints, etc., and is another cool way to show how much more alive the world is. They even added kids, but I think they are only in closed-off locations where you can't use your weapons, kind of like the camp in Red Dead Redemption 2. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077, there's kids running around the city, and you can't do anything to them, but they're there. And it's kind of neat because it's like a, a world without kids doesn't feel realistic. And that's most open worlds. And I get why they don't put them there because there's obviously a lot of uh, variables they're trying to avoid. But if you do add them and you just go like, you, you can't kill kids in this game. And most people are probably gonna be like, that's fine. Yeah. At least the, it makes the world, um, you know, feel immersive. So, yeah. And then people will just mod it. So it doesn't really matter. Sure. Yeah. 100%. But they can do that in their own sure. privacy, it has whatever the fuck. nothing to do with the company making the game. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, stuff like that's really cool. Uh, continuing, as a gamer for 34 years now and experiencing the law of diminishing returns this entire gen, there are only a few games nowadays that grab my attention, and this is certainly it. For me, experiencing the tech alone is worth the price of admission. Here's a question to you, Tom B, since you regularly comment, and I'm sure you'll hear me talking right now, and hopefully you'll respond. Um you're saying that you get uh, you're experiencing law of diminishing returns this entire gen, uh, but there's a few games nowadays that grab your attention. What games are those? I know you like uh, Alan Wake Two. I also well, you love Alan Wake Two. Uh, what it seems like um, I also love Alan Wake Two. Uh, what are some other games? We can talk all day about the negatives in gaming. What, what are games you're you're digging from this gen? Is there anything that uh, you're excited for or anything you've played that you're really liking? Because I know how you feel about Alan Wake Two, and I obviously see you're excited for this i am too so i'm just curious um and yeah all that stuff this is stuff i read uh early on in the leaks and uh basically everything you're saying here and uh i have a feeling it's all going to be true especially the cop thing i keep hearing about cop and crowd behaviors and how much work they put into that so um gotta see gameplay to to know if that's real or not but i hope it is anything else um I mean, really, the only thing I was going to comment on, and this is not specific towards Tom here, but um, I have seen call him out, dude. A constant uh, conversation lately of people uh, not using your wording, but basically feeling fatigued uh, of, of gaming, and it's usually people in their thirties or early forties saying this, and I think it's interesting because, like, I'm not experiencing that, so I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, I'm not either. Uh, where that's coming from because i am hearing it a lot it's not just yep. you um 
I'm sure there's a lot of data there that you would need to be able to even answer that question because everyone plays different types of things. And well, I was about to say, like the, the, there's also the factor that some people stick to certain genres. Yeah. In fact, I think most people probably do. And I'm weird because I play everything. Um, but I know, you know, some people are looking forward to first person shooters. And yeah, right now is not a great time for those. Sure. Um, or if somebody only plays like, you know, they want to play like action rpgs or whatever it's like not a great time right now for that well and, and like, um, i guess the flip side of that too is like i don't watch almost anything coming out of hollywood these days right so, yeah because i am fatigued with most movies oh yeah um yes yeah, i pretty much primarily just watch anime because it's the only place i can like get a story that doesn't feel uh tainted given I'll how say. popular anime is i think a lot of people are kind of on that page right now so but uh, uh which is great for me because i've been watching anime since like 90s but Mm -hmm. yeah anyways it just kind of caught my attention because i uh specifically uh in the age demographic uh, i've seen that conversation pop up quite a bit as of late so yeah and, and again not uh not focusing purely on tom b sure. um but i think most people when they are talking about uh the state of gaming and not feeling fulfilled with gaming as of right now most people aren't as like eloquent as how he's saying that um, I don't think most people are very eloquent, period. But yeah. I don't either. But well, a lot of people are just like, like every every time a game is going, like, oh, it's going to be fucking shit. And they're just going to fuck us over. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, it, it sucks that you're that, that jaded, man. Because like, prepared to be disappointed, yeah. Yeah. Well, they're fucking, they're, they're so ready to be disappointed that they almost want to be disappointed. Yeah. They're like just ready to fucking want to tear somebody up. Because I think there's like, you know, whatever's going on in their personal life, I'm not going to make judgments on that. But sure. like whatever game upset them which yeah there's plenty of examples i'm not saying fucking games like we're in some utopia of gaming but uh i i have my criticisms too but man fucking sure. people are just like they're ready to be disappointed i'm not saying tom b's ready to be disappointed i i think right. your perspective is fair but it just you're bringing it up it reminds me i see a lot of like you know over on tiktok i i get a lot of feedback uh from people and luckily just like here um uh, we have a lot of nuanced people who want to have conversations and so um which is great um but i do get people on there who are just like if anything comes up about a game that makes them even slightly think you know something might be wrong with it blah 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 they instantly jump to like oh it's just gonna be another shit game they're gonna disappoint everybody like fuck them but it's like oh my god dude like yeah i think that also falls back to we've said it a couple times to show now too uh or as well uh that i think more people would just need to play more five or six out of ten games sure yeah because I think everyone has just gotten to the point where you're playing too many AAA games. And so you just have this. And I, I do think rating a AAA game in comparison to some of these 5 or 6 out of 10s or even some of these like small games um, is a different type of you know expectation. Like if a company like Rockstar came out and had a bunch of mistakes, yeah, I'm going to have uh, less understanding of it because they have the resources and the time mm -hmm. because they definitely aren't rushing it out. Yeah. Um, to make these games versus like, you know, if a team of 10 makes a game and there's issues, I tend to be okay with overlooking some of them as long as the game's still fun, mm -hmm. um, which is a, a different topic, but it, I think it does connect a little bit. I think uh, a lot of people um, play too much uh, mainstream gaming and should probably expand their horizons a little bit and see if they can find that passion again for enjoying games. Two things I want to add to that. First off, I agree to 
embrace the the mid game i guess i played a game uh, a couple weeks ago called RoboQuest, which is a really tight quake-esque feeling uh cooperative roguelite with a shitload of content uh and it's a fucking blast like i had a lot of fun i got on sale for like i think 15 bucks it's typically like 20 or something like that Mm -hmm. completely fucking worth it um little games like that i just i always love when i find one of those because i'm like this game is just fun it's it it does have the quality of like a triple a game fuck no but like they nailed the gameplay it's just a fun ass game to play so yeah i I agree not every game needs to be like you know a a masterpiece basically but when they are it should be appreciated but secondly a factor that i don't think we're really talking about here too that that i I know we both know about but we're not really mentioning it so maybe somebody who's listening might want to hear this represented a bit um not that we're rich neither of us are rich but like you know we buy games regularly. Sure. Some people on an economic level might be banking on their investment going longer, being good, true. Uh, being worth the investment. You know, you you maybe don't have 70 bucks to fucking drop, you know, every month for one game or, yeah, you know, every couple of months you're like, oh, maybe I can buy like, you know, I'm really looking forward to this game. Hopefully it's good. And then like you bought it, you spent the only money you had for that. And then it ends up being shit. I understand how that can upset somebody. Um, and so, you know, there's different types of gamers out there. And, and some people are looking for that fucking game and they're, they're, they're going to get like a thousand hours out of. Um, and uh, I'm not one of those people. I don't even care about achievements, but uh, I hop and everybody knows I hop games a lot. But um because I just want to sample everything. But there, there's uh, different people, different economic factors, different interest factors. It might not even be an economic thing. Maybe people are like, I don't want to play a bunch of games. I want fucking one solid game. Sure, and that, that's all. Uh, first off, it's a fair point, but it's also completely valid. Like, yeah, um, there are people who have are just you know the one game person. And that, I'm not saying don't be that person. I'm just saying if you're feeling tired of gaming, maybe expand a little bit, see if you are tired of gaming or if you're just tired of what you're playing. Yeah. Um, but as far as the economic thing goes, like obviously you can only do so much in that regard. Uh, I would say maybe don't day one buy games though. Yeah. Wait, watch stuff on it, check it out. You know, I know it's, it's hard cause like everyone's playing it. You're excited. You want to play it too type of thing. And then you, may get disappointed um and then you're kind of boned uh, especially if you buy games on console because they don't have the same kind of return policies as you do on like pc and stuff so um yeah it's one thing that's just so fantastic about steam is you can refund games like so easily yeah um yeah it, it's it it's obviously a very like nuanced and complicated topic but it's it just the the a lot of factors the, the topic has come up a lot and so like it's interesting for me because and and I understand our, our position in that regard, um, you know, not to get too into that, you know, aspect of our personal lives, but you know, we do play a lot of games. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I'd be curious to hear people's, uh, uh opinions on that as well. So. Yeah. I, uh, when it comes to people being jaded on gaming though, I'm not again, just bringing up people in general, not Tom B. Cause I'm not trying to like your point is, is very straightforward. You kind of moved past you, Tom. Sorry. Yeah. I just don't want to, <laughs> I just don't want to being confused. Like I'm like, like kind of kind of talking about him and I'm not, I'm talking about, you know, the more extreme element of right. people feeling not fulfilled by gaming right now and how people are really upset by it that, you know, you look at um, not to talk about too much again, but like the day before and like, I'm trying to understand the situation while also acknowledging there's, 
obviously fucking some problems here and some question marks for sure. Sure. But there are people who, uh, you know, as soon as they saw red flags start creating, uh, dialogue, fake information on the game about it being fake. Um, a lot of those people were just trying to get views though. So it's just fucking oh, yeah, 100%. bitching about, you know, day, day before trying to make money while they're lying and making money themselves. Um, and then, you know, instead of trying to make sense of the situation and figure out what the fuck actually happened with this goddamn game, if you actually care, a lot of people are just, they hop from one negative to the other and then they're, it's just settled. There's no conversation to have. There's like, no, they're piece of shit and they fucking try to scam us or they did scam us. And that's the end of it. I'm like, most things aren't that simple. Like mm. almost nothing is that simple. Um, and it's really boring to even engage that conversation because um, it's a dead end. There's no, there's no discussion to be had there. And there's no discussion about gaming to be had there. There's nothing to be gained from that conversation because we can't move forward to the next situation where we might have red flags when we just assume that when people do things that we don't like, they're instantly just fucking scammers. Mm-hmm. It's, it's too simple. It's like when people call people haters, it drives me nuts. It's like, well, is there, is there criticism valid? Is there anything to discuss there? You can have negative opinions without it just being dismissed as like, well, you just hate shit. It's like, that's fucking that goes nowhere that like where do we go from there nowhere like you just want to be done with it at that point like they're bad i i'm good they they're the bad ones i'm the good one the end and it's like okay i don't i don't even know what the fuck you even gain from that so um there there are people who are just you know ready to uh uh, accept a game is bad or the people are bad or the gaming is bad um and I swear a lot of people want that. It's like they want to take something out on on these situations. So, yeah. But then back bad practices we should, we should call out. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. I've, you know, been very vocal about being a huge fan of like Battlefield and then seeing where it went. And uh, that sucks. I'm a, you know, huge fan. I was a huge fan of Konami early on and Metal Gear Solid shit. And now, like, you know, fuck Konami until they can prove themselves. But I also there's no dead end with me because if they redeem themselves, I'm the first one that's going to be like, great, dude. You guys made mistakes. Make it right. And if you do, I will fucking forgive that. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't look like they're doing that. But, like, that's just where I'm at. I'm not looking to just, like, find the enemy and be done with it. So, Yeah, I don't have the energy for that. I do. I, I got other things that I could be doing. I do because I, I, you know, I, I don't do it on this channel. But, like, you know, I can get into arguments and debates and shit. But, like, if it's just, like, mind-numbing and dead-end, I just, like... I'm too old for it at this point. It needs to be productive. I mean, we live in a time where there's just so many options. And so if I don't like something, I just won't give them my money and I'll play something else. That's the thing. It's so So. easy to hop to the next thing unless there's an economic thing there. Sure. And uh, there's always going to be variables. But I think just generally speaking, um, like even like games I own, like uh, this is going to be a weird example. But, you know, if I really wanted to just kind of chill and reset I, I can just go back and i can play Stardew valley again or i can go play minecraft or like something yeah. like to kind of like reset and just be more of a comfort zone for a little bit and until i find the next thing i want to play so so like, like whatever so yeah it's like when i bought uh the day before i played it and i was like yep it's shit and i just refunded it when sure. i played something else uh and yeah i'll talk about it but i'm like i'm not gonna sit here and fucking think about it it was just a bad game like moving on um so yeah anyway we we went long on that um Definitely started a conversation there. Uh, but if you want to uh, illuminate us on your perspective sure. 
um, and also uh, let's let's bring some positivity into it and give me some examples of some of the games you are digging or uh, games in general that you've liked um, because I always like hearing that as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, all right, moving over to the next video. Thank you everybody for your comments. Uh, we got Tom B again saying so happy for Sam Lake to see Alan 2 got the well oh this is also from our stream where we reacted to the game awards go watch that if you are uh interested in that that's what tom b's talking about so happy for sam lake to see alan wake 2 got that well-deserved love uh solid show and a very well and very well deserved uh, i'm already in the holidays so happy xmas and new year's to y'all happy holidays to you as well and as well. christmas and new year hopefully you're having a good time with friends and family or do whatever the fuck you want to do as long as you're having a good time uh i i share the same sentiment as you i'm very happy for sam lake uh i was very happy to see remedy um get uh not just acknowledged but win awards more than i thought they would uh it's a long time coming and i think uh if anyone deserves it it's 100 them so uh i'm with you i'm with you on that uh next one is from hhhd7 nd <laughs> Uh, saying Sega has always made games or at least studios owned by Sega. They own creative assembly, for example, which means they've made all the total war games since 2005. This is in response to me saying it's nice to see Sega make games again. Um, it's not quite the quote, but basically what I said, and I explained in my reply and I don't think they were like attacking me or anything like that, but to clarify to everybody, when I said that I meant to like the iconic games that Sega has been known for from their first party from back in the day, crazy taxi, uh, virtual fighter. Um, right. They used to be like a powerhouse. Yeah. And now they have all these third parties that we've joked about many times on the channel sure. that keep them afloat, like creative assembly. I think we actually talked about that, like about five, 10 seconds after the, the timestamp you put here um, that, you know, between them and um, oh shit, what's the other one? Sega. Uh, Yakuza, Yakuza, yeah, Yakuza. They they have games <laughs> under their their um, publishing. publishing that make money for sure. It's just Sega's not known. Sega's known as being a publisher now. They used to be known as a console developer. They used to be known as a company that made games that had the Sega feel to them. Echo the Dolphin, fucking Streets of Rage, all this shit. Echo um, and Echo of. Oh no. Green dude made out of a bunch of balls and stuff. Vector man. Vector man. Thanks. Comic zone. Like there's all these games back. I'm just naming Genesis games at this point. Uh, Blue stinger on the Dreamcast. I jokingly said that on X. Somebody was talking about like, uh, you know, oh, they should bring all these Sega games back. And I'm like, yeah, dude, remake fucking Blue stinger. Let's get a Resident Evil uh, style fucking remake of that. That'd be so ridiculous. <laughs> Blue stinger was such a not great game, um, but I played the fuck out of it on Dreamcast when I was a kid. Um, so yeah, that's what I that's what I meant by it. I, I could have been more clear on it. But um yeah, I am excited for the quintessential iconic Sega games to come back. They have so many properties that I used to love. I used to love Sega. I think I still think Dreamcast is one of my favorite consoles ever. Um I still remember the day I got my Dreamcast when I was a kid. Um I have a lot of love and nostalgia for early Sega. So um I don't think these games are gonna live up to anything but i love that they're going like scorched earth on like developing games right now it's like they had a meeting and they're like we're sitting on all these fucking properties that people used to love uh which ones should we bring back and they're like all of them hey while hey while we're doing stuff can you like i don't know make shining 
Force. That'd be sick. Shining Force would be cool. Um, <laughs> I honestly thought that, uh, oh no, the medieval brawler game. Golden Axe? Golden Axe. Okay. I thought I thought the Golden Axe game, the quick look uh, clip we saw of it, looked kind of cool. Yeah. I thought the animations in um, uh, Jet Set Radio looked, looked good. really good. Yeah, yeah. It looks like Jet Set Radio graphically. It's a little better looking, obviously. It's been a little bit, but uh, the, the motion animations... I thought looked really good. And also somebody told me when I said that they might bring Jet Set Radio back over on TikTok, somebody's like, they already brought it back. It's called something else. And there's like a spiritual successor that you can right. buy right now. But um, I was like, yeah, but Sega still owns Jet Set Radio. They can do whatever the fuck they want with it. And to that point, it got shown, it got revealed. So that was correct. Also, people who worked on the original one are coming back to work on this. Yeah. So that's fucking awesome. It's like a legit uh jet set radio yeah um and yeah like you said with with this comment it doesn't seem like it was necessarily uh spiteful or, or whatever no they, um, yeah, they're it stuff. does feel like a drive-by comment though. <laughs> um yeah i obviously we just mentioned a bunch of Sega games and and pretty aware of it but also uh to respond to the thing you said about the the person just like saying they do they do that I don't understand that mentality at all, man. Like, well, I think you, they, you took a clip out of context and, and assumed a bunch. But. I think that person is trying to inform me, but sure. luckily I'm pretty well informed but, uh, on a lot of that stuff. Everyone's always trying to inform people all the time. Yeah, as long know. as it's not malicious, yeah. I'm I'm cool with it. I'm down to have the conversation. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to see if this reignites them or if this is just a one-off to get some attention for now. Um, I, I don't I, want that. I but. fucking so hope that they, if the games are just good, they don't have to be masterpieces. Sure. If they're like playable and fun, I'll be fucking happy, dude. Cause Sega is just like so not known for making like fun games anymore. Uh, outside of, of course, Creative Assembly and, you know, third party stuff. Making. Um, yeah. Yes. They, they publish. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm, cautiously optimistic about what they're doing i you know i have to fight my nostalgia a lot with this because i think it's neat um yeah i grew up with those games it's a good effort because i'm old true but yeah yeah uh thank you for the comment and then the last one we got is from hick sd those that says hicks d hicks d uh hicks d 28 says dudes played darkwood yet um i have actually i didn't play in the last week otherwise i would have brought it up on uh what we've been playing but i played it i had like this weird urge to want to play like a horror game i was going through i have uh, a, okay. a the biggest section of my of my steam library of like 70 games installed uh is horror and so i'm like scrolling through that part of it and i saw darkwood and i was like i was like i should probably play that so i played a little bit i put like an hour or two into it um it's top down which is really interesting but it's really cool because of um you can interact with a lot of things like most survival horror games um but it's just kind of impressive with how many top down animations they have for like interacting with your environment and even combat and uh it has physics so like lamps that like have light you can like grab them and drag them across the room and it'll actually affect the lighting in the room Hmm. and if you open doors it has like this blackout system from above that you can't see unless light is coming through and so like you can only see through the crack of the door open the door all the way drag the fucking lamp into the room and it'll light the room up a lot of really cool it's like a really 
creative take uh, for like a small team to make like a survival horror game that way. Um, I need to play it more, but I, I was impressed with it and I did play it. So it's interesting you brought that up because I played it recently enough to be able to talk about it. So, um, yeah. You gonna play Darkwood? No. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. When he said dudes, he's talking about me. You can be dudes. Yeah, I'll, I'll be dudes. Uh, and with that, uh, I think it's going to do it for this episode of Tasty Cast, episode 199. We're closing in on 200. That'll be our game of the year discussion. Uh, crazy miles. Mouth-